Welcome in, everybody, as we get uh, into another week of Hoopsville. We're all the way into December. It's our first Thursday show of the season. Thanks to all you who love our Thursday show for bearing with us. We're finally on the air here with this version. If you got questions for us, all the info at the bottom of your screen, if you happen to be watching. If you're just listening along, you can email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. Join us on social media. You can find us in most, most places by looking up at d3 hoopsville or use the hashtag hoopsville on facebook we're at facebook.com slash hoopsville and looks like our simulcast is working tonight we're also on youtube at youtube.com slash d3 hoopsville where it's most certainly working tonight hope that answers your questions looking forward to lots to talk about tonight we're kind of in that lull period which we will be for the next few weeks where schools are taking breaks as it were um for exams and then the holidays most certainly so keep abreast of that as it were uh lots to discuss lots to get to lots to figure out and with that we also have lots of questions that come up because you know we are in this lull as it were and we don't know exactly what to make of some teams some teams take four or five weeks off some teams take 10 days off some take a combination of the both some will play up until the holidays and not play during the holidays come back to the new year some will not play now come back between the holidays and then get back into things after the new year as well lots of ways and really some programs never have one specific way of doing it it really depends so Tonight, we're going to talk to four programs kind of at a different phases of that. Some have games still ahead. Some are taking breaks. Some are not. All of them in the top 25. <clears throat> of course, with the exams, that's certainly important, too. So it's a good gauge as we continue kind of the theme from last show of first month of the season. For Good gauge to put our toes in the water, understand where teams are. Some teams finishing up already a third of their season in the first month of the ca- of the campaign. And there'll be more of, the, of that tonight. And then other teams are still slowly kind of working their way into the season with a lot of more basketball to be played. So that's where it stands. We are not going to talk, as I thought we might, with our women's quote-unquote pundits. We'll talk to them on Monday. Talk to those guys. We'll be ready to go. I, we may hear from all three of them, in fact. Not sure yet, but Scott Peterson, Riley Zayas, and Gordon Mann, all three of them may join us here on the show on Monday to kind of do what we did on Monday's show in talking to Ryan, uh, to sorry um, Bob Quillman and Matt Snyder. We'll basically have the same segment with the three of those guys, So, or at least two of them is my suspicion. We'll get to that point when we get to it on Monday. But in case, if you're wondering tonight, no, we'll do that on Monday. So instead... We're going to be talking to four coaches this evening about um, their programs, all in different places, I would say. Coming up first, we'll talk to the Catholic women's side of things. Matt Donahue would join us to talk about his Cardinals squad, who not surprisingly are at the top of the Landmark Conference or in that fight. But a lot has changed with that landmark, so we'll talk to him about that. They're the 21st-ranked Cardinals, we should point out. We'll keep it with the women. We talked earlier today with Lori Kelly of the 8th-ranked Gusties of Gustavus Adolphus. We'll talk to her about her program, and much like, or really the dynamics that she has with hers, with a very senior-laden but also very young squad. And much like we did last week with Whitewater, we'll talk about coaching your own daughter. 
Then we'll switch gears, talk men's basketball. Jason Leon of Oswego will join us. By the way, all these programs, we don't tend to talk to this early in the campaign. That's kind of another thing we wanted to do. We wanted to make sure to talk to people uh, that we don't normally talk at this point in the season with. We talk late in the season with. I want to get their perspectives now. Jason Leon is one of them from Oswego. We'll talk to him coming up. His team's on a little bit more of a break before we see them in Las Vegas. And then Jimmy Smith of the 23rd-ranked Tech- Trinity, Texas Tigers men's basketball team comes on the air, and we'll ask him about the tough choice he had to make today. He had two quote-unquote celebrities asking for his time today. I'm using the celebrities very much in quotes on purpose. You'll learn more about it later if you don't know already. But we'll talk to Jimmy coming up a little bit later on in the program. Uh, Johns Hopkins got a big win yesterday. I bring that up mainly because they were taking on a Franklin and Marshall squad that I was pretty convinced was going to get the win there last night. And I was convinced because Franklin and Marshall, I think, is a very, very good team that is maybe flying just a bit under the radar. But at home didn't seem to matter uh, for Johns Hopkins as they really controlled the second half, most especially to get the win 74-54 over the Diplomats. I just bring that up to show you a couple of things. Early season stuff certainly can give us a barometer, but it doesn't mean everything. Teams can start to figure things out at this time of the year. They can start to figure out things in early January, middle of January, maybe even early February. How many times have we talked about a team that no one thought would make a run, makes a run, gets a conference AQ, and is into the NCAA tournament suddenly, and say mid-January when everyone had written them off? You know, Hopkins figures things out under Ryan Kane. They're going to be a dangerous team. And that race atop the Centennial is going to be fun to watch. There could be four teams in the mix. You could have Swarthmore, Hopkins probably still in there, FM, Gettysburg probably is going to be in that conversation, and others. So that'll be a fun one to watch. But I just wanted to bring that one up because I thought it was fascinating. Last night I went into that thinking, okay, FM is going to get a really important win here tonight at home put johns hopkins further back on their heels and and the diplomats are going to show that they're in this conference race with swathmore and in reality it's hopkins who came back and said no we're the ones who are going to mix things up here and played really well uh guilford had a big battle against roanoke last night and got the win uh, Keene State had a somewhat easy time over Plymouth State. They're certainly rolling along. Hell of a game between Whitewater and Hope. Many of us would like to have seen the end of it. Hope's camera operators forgot what they were doing. I know Alan Babbitt very, very well. And I am quite sure there was a conversation today about that. But a heck of a game if you want to go back and watch it again between uh, Whitewater and Hope. Hope showing that they're pretty much on task. Whitewater, does it mean that they're not the sixth best team in the country? No, not at all. That's not what it means. We've been talking about that for years. Mount Union got a pretty easy win over Muskegon. Tufts got a a strong win over St. Joseph's of Connecticut, 86-77. I think to cement, cement, in my opinion, that Tufts is going to be in this conversation the rest of the season. They're up to number 12. I think a lot of people kind of circled that game against the Blue Jays. Listen, this is a St. Joseph team that certainly lost a lot from the program uh, leaders that started that program and have come along and we're certainly keeping them up. They're going to be in the conversation. They are going to be an NCAA tournament team, I very much suspect. Uh, 
Um, but Tuff certainly made a, a statement there to remain undefeated. Trinity, T- Connecticut, by the way, got a very easy win over Mitchell. Swarthmore got past her sinus. WPI got past Salve Regina. It's amazing how many people I talk to who have seen WPI, who want to talk to me about WPI. We'll see uh, how WPI plays it out the rest of the campaign. Elmer's got a win over Marion. Carthage with an easy win over North Central by 20. Uh, Illinois College with a win over Monmouth. That was just on the men's side on Tuesday night alone. On the women's side on Tuesday night, it was a little bit maybe more subdued. Transylvania easily passed Franklin. Uh, Rhode Island College easily passed Southern Maine. It is amazing. I came up through Division Three. Southern Maine women was the be-all and end-all of women's basketball along with Wash U. And it is amazing how that program is just not of what we are used to. And that's not a knock. Things change, people. They really do. But Rhode Island College got that win 68-27. Uh, Scranton got past Drew by 40. Gustavus Adolphus with the win over McAllister. We won't talk specifically about that game coming up, but we talk about the conference slate with Lori Kelly. Milliken continues to play well. They beat Elmers by 45 last night. Smith got past Williams in a big win by eight. Um, Hope got past St. Mary's of Indiana. DeSales got past Messiah, a Messiah women's squad that maybe isn't as strong as what we are used to. The men's squad certainly isn't as strong. We'll keep an eye on Messiah because they're still a good program. Catholic with a win over Susquehanna. We'll talk about the conference race coming up here shortly uh, with Matt Donahue ourselves. Illinois Wesleyan passed Wheaton. Maybe not as close as many of us thought it would be. We thought maybe Wheaton could be in the fight there. That's just the top 25 results. There were certainly a lot of other results out there to talk about. So that was just last night. We'll keep an eye on the schedules tonight in men's and women's basketball. Certainly less games, but doesn't mean they're less important. Um, only one top 25 men's team is in action. Oshkosh is at Whitworth, so that game's not until much later tonight. And there's a handful of other games like Bowden and Colby are playing one another. On the women's side, there's three teams in the top 25, all actually in the top 16. Number 13, Trinity is taking on Roger Williams. Harden Simmons is against is playing Harden Payne, and Tufts is taking on Emmanuel. We'll keep an eye on those in case anything comes up along the way. Uh, lots of ways we can interact with you. We certainly look forward to hearing from you as uh, we move further along. Uh, we are starting to have some fascinating conversations out there and some things that I think will start to uh, dictate some of the conversations that we have. Um, one of the most important things I think we'll be talking about before we get to the holiday breaks is officiating and the effort in men's and women's basketball to be consistent across the board. It is certainly improved in the division. Uh, and But just talking to some people, I think it'd be fascinating to have a conversation further about that with our um Individuals who certainly keep a track of all of those things. Uh, so we'll we'll probably do that here in the near future. Um, and much, much more. Um, I, I think it's fascinating just how many dynamics are in play right now that could certainly distract us. I, I get emails, and every once in a while I'll get a breaking news email out of Division Three, and it's crazy how I'll read the school name, and my first thought is, oh, man, I hope this isn't about a closure. Um, we're going to have to be talking about the financial situations, you know, the Cabrini's of the world. Of course, women's basketball is not even taking place at Cabrini this season. Men's basketball, we'll certainly talk 
to them because they are pushing through despite it being the final year of Illinova taking over that campus and essentially closing Cabrini. Much like what happened to to Wesley with Delaware State just a handful of years ago. Birmingham Southern's trying to keep the doors open. Um, that dynamic is fascinating. I think a lot of people are trying to hedge their bets against other schools that might be in that situation. Listen, when the UEC and the uh, NEAC were were combined into one conference, that was pretty much the uh, statement. They're hedging against the future. Now, would enough schools close in that merger to create an 8, 10, maybe a 12-team conference? Probably not. Uh, We'll see if there's some split-aways. But... There's a lot of those movements around, and we talked about cu- cutting costs, for example. Uh, the Empire 8 had to essentially um, redo their constitution, for lack of a better description, to allow state schools in because there's a handful of state schools that don't want to keep traveling in the SUNYAC as far as they're traveling and cut down their costs. So then the next question becomes, will we see that with non-conference games? And... Will there be a discrepancy between the division or in the division, much like we saw it a number of years ago that precipitated a little bit of the division four conversations? But will we see this split with the haves can spend to go travel even to Vegas to our event or elsewhere for for basketball games and the have nots? And I'm being very generic in that terminology. But those who need to play with a tighter budget staying just in their geographical regions to play games. And and the impact that's going to have on committees and on selections and on bracketing and all of that. I think all of that is really interesting. And I'm not sure where it's all going to lead necessarily. Um, Maybe I'm seeing things that aren't coming. But... At the same time, I think it's something everyone's thinking about. And and how many schools? What we had four hundred thirty-eight Division three schools this time a year ago. We are down. Oh, I want to say five or six since then. Whether leaving Division three or closing, um, the numbers are shrinking. We're not going to grow as a division necessarily, though. I do wonder if we'll get an influx of from Division one and Division two, because the entire world is changing in terms of academics and athletics are certainly going to see that and we all love the division but let's be honest with ourselves there's a lot of schools maybe too many and we'll see how that impacts things and I, but i bring it all up because it lets you appreciate especially this time of year the games we get to watch and the student athletes we get to see out there and i don't take it for granted that's for sure i got to see three basketball games on tuesday myself one in division one and two in division three and uh it's fun to watch everyone out there trying their best and the coaching staffs who are trying to do their best as well and so uh, just a thought on that as we as we go forward in time and close to the holidays quick reminder we'll be on the air next monday and next thursday as well and the following Monday, the show on the 21st is the only one up in the air. And it's up in the air mainly to say, well, are there going to be any a lot of games being played at that time? And if not, we're not going to have a lot of people to talk about or, or, or games to, to, to discuss. 
though the 21st certainly has its fair slate of games. So there may be enough to talk about. And the other question becomes, do we have enough topics before we take a break for the holidays? So that 21st show is the only one up in the air. But as of right now, uh, we'll be on the air again on Monday and on the next Thursday, the 14th, and then the following Monday for sure. And we're already working on guests for those. As we mentioned, uh, we'll hear from Scott Peterson, Riley Zayas, and, and possibly Gordon Mann, and a combination of two or all three of them on Monday's show regarding women's basketball. Looking forward to that conversation with them. We are simulcasting live on Facebook, so join us there. If you got questions or comments or whatever, please don't hesitate. We're live simulcasting on YouTube as well. Feel free to join us there at youtube.com uh, slash D3Hoopsville, and we'll answer questions if we see them. If you email them to us, we'll do our best to, e- to answer those questions um, as well. Again, coming up, Matt Donahue of Catholic will join us. We'll also hear from Lori Kelly, who will be joining us to talk about her team. Um, really looking forward to that conversation. We talked earlier today. I think you're going to have fun listening to her. We had a great time chatting, even off air. Um, so I'm looking forward to having you hear that one. Uh, then we'll switch gears, talk men's basketball, and that includes um, uh Jason Leal from Oswego and Jimmy Smith from Texas, uh, Trinity, Texas. Here's a couple of notes. Uh, I forgot. Ooh, I did not call this up. So bear with me a second while I call this up. couple of notes from Gordon, if this is accurate. I, I didn't think all of this was accurate, but I'm going with, with what he had to say, okay? So he says, first time that John Carroll has been ranked number one in the men's poll, which seems surprising to me. He said, also, the second time an OAC team has been number one and the other was when Otterbein won the title. I thought Marietta had been number one. Um, Gordon's our archive expert. He certainly knows this better than I, and I did not go through the archives. But I found that rather interesting, to say the least. Uh, hats off to him. Quick note on football. Coming up on the semifinals um, this weekend, you definitely want to head over to d3football.com to enjoy that one. Uh, they released the Gallardi finalists. There's five of them this year. That just happened earlier this evening. So make sure to go to d3football.com for your football news and notes. Great to great content there always with the guys on the football side. With that, we'll take a break. When we come back, Matt Donahue from Catholic will join us to talk about his Cardinals, the Landmark Conference, and so, so much more. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by d3hoops.com. Back with... The Landmark Conference and Catholic after this. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or NABC 1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. If I lose, I'll respond with respect. If I win, I'll back it up with humility. If I fail, I'll rise up with honor. It's tough for us to put it all on the line. Don't undo my hard work with poor sportsmanship. Respect, it's the name of the game. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue along on this Thursday show, December 7th, quick moment, obviously, to remind everybody of the uh, Pearl Harbor attacks, which is obviously commemorated on this day. Uh, a day that I remember because I remember Landmark Conference games sometimes fell on this evening. And I remember one time we had Merchant Marine in the gym at Goucher College. And it dawned on me, Merchant Marine would have taken part in that event. So I went and did some digging. I didn't realize how much they were involved on that day and how much they lost. Uh, we made we actually decided to have a moment of silence uh, for that because I looked it up and said, this is more significant than I realized. You just don't realize all the significance. I bring that up because there's a great article that Pat tweeted on D3 Football's Twitter account today reminding us of a story written all the way back in 2003 about the Willamette football team at the time. Of course, Division Three didn't exist at the time. But just to talk about Willamette and the that team that was in Hawaii during those attacks. So get the chance. Go back and read that. I, I had a great... Um, not a great time, but I certainly enjoyed going back and reading that article, which I had forgotten I'd read all those years ago. But it's on D3Football.com if you're looking for it. Speaking of the Landmark Conference, that's my weird segue into this next segment. 
Catholic women's basketball certainly playing well. They are synonymous with the top of that conference. It's uh, Scranton, it's Elizabethtown, it's Moravian, it's Catholic. And this year, they've got a couple of more foes to contend with. What's ironic with the Landmark Conference, though, is with its scheduling now with you travel on Saturdays to go visit the further away teams, and on Wednesdays you swap gyms to play the your closest rivals, meaning if the men's team's at one gym, the women's is at the other gym. I don't get to see this guy anymore. Man, Donahue joins us on the Hoopsville Hotline to talk women's uh, basketball at Catholic. Matt, you and I used to bump into each other every year. It, it's felt like forever since I've seen you. That's probably lucky for you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or you. It depends on how you look at it. (laughs) Hey, sir, thanks for taking the time to join us. Really appreciate it. Um, Listen, we don't, something I said to you off air, and I've said to a lot of our guests this time, I'm making a conscious effort to go, you know, we don't talk to that team until usually later in the season because I kind of hedge my bets, and that way I get some guests later. I'm putting them on earlier this year because I want to get your perspective earlier in the season. But your perspective is different because the landmark is different. So we got a lot to unpack here. First and foremost, off to a hot start. You guys are ranked 21st in the top 25. You're 7-0, and I think, 7-0, and something like that on the season. Playing well, got a win in landmark play just last night. How's the things, how are things going from your perspective so far this season? Well, um, you know, obviously we're, we're pleased with where we are right now. Uh, you know, our focus really is in on, on our continued growth. Um, everyone in our program this year that's playing is in a different role from where they were last year. So that's really, you know, been a, a lot of our focus has been on, you know, kind of gelling together, growing together and, and figuring each other out. So I think the truly exciting thing is for us looking at where we are now and knowing where eventually we could be uh, as we continue to grow as the season moves forward. So it's certainly exciting, uh, but long road ahead. Egyptia, you're 8-0 on the season. Apologies. Um, interesting enough, you started the game uh, season with a game at Trinity. Did you guys walk? Did you maybe uh, use some scooters? That's uh, basically down the street. Yeah, we were thinking of uh, scootering over there, but our athletic director wasn't real happy with that thought process, so we did take the bus across the street, which was kind of – I think we spent more time boarding and unloading the bus than we did on the bus uh, riding over there. But uh, That sounds right. Yeah. Interesting enough, I love the DuFord Center, but I'll admit, Trinity's got one of the prettier gyms and one of the nicer gyms in the area, so it must have been nice to play there. It's a great facility. It really is. Hey, looking ahead, so then you went, you went to Bridgewater, you took on Alverdia and Bridgewater, then you played Randolph-Macon, um, you then took on Shenandoah. Are you planning to leave for the <laughs> ODAC and we don't know about it yet? We certainly did our tour of Virginia. It was really kind of quirky how that fell. Um, you know, we were looking to really challenge ourselves in our independent schedule and had an opportunity to play in two really strong tournaments uh, against four really great teams. And uh, so uh, we got our frequent flyer miles, if you will, down to uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia and Ashland, Virginia, and, and saw our fair share of the country down there. Yeah, toured I eighty one and toured I ninety five. Nothing. Uh, you probably took you less time to get o- over to uh, Shenandoah than it did to get down to Randolph Macon. Yeah, the, um, I would say in both trips, uh, depending on the day, are quicker than driving through DC. So uh, that's true. So <laughs> true, sir. Yeah. Uh, then you got into conference play. You took on Elizabethtown. You took on Wilkes. You took on Susquehanna. I'm looking at our schedule. And I'm realizing we got to make some changes here because we don't have the Wilkes game marked as a conference game for whatever strange reason that is uh e-town overtime 78 i'll color me surprised not uh that that doesn't surprise me e-town's always been 
a tough team. Wilkes and Susquehanna were easier wins. But listen, you came out of the gate against a tough one. You had an overtime game at E-Town. Is, is, is it, was it key to get that win and come out of there at least with a victory? Yeah, I mean, obviously winning on the road like that is, is always a challenge. Um, I think it was a huge boost to our program to go in there. Uh, coming out of last year, they had our number. They got us three times, in, including the conference semifinals. Uh, so that was one that we were really focused on where we felt like, you know, each step of the way in our preseason, there's been, you know, an opportunity to test ourselves, a measuring stick, kind of figuring out where we were along the way. And Elizabethtown obviously is a great program uh, that went to the national tournament last year, advanced in the national tournament. So we felt like that would really give us a good indication and even stronger indication of where we are currently and, and what our potential could be. Um, it was kind of a crazy game the, the way it unfolded, uh, but we really showed a lot of resilience to, to get the great result there uh, and and could be potentially a sign of things to come, uh, you know, moving forward. That's obviously, again, a team that's going to be synonymous with the top of that conference, along with Scranton, along with Moravian, et cetera. And as you said, they got you three times, so it was important to get past them. Also, I, I'm assuming it's about setting yourselves up for the best possible position you can especially when you come around the second round of games so that you're not necessarily playing from behind right well yeah you you always want to get out of the gates as well as you possibly can uh the games this time of year are so critically important and uh, i don't know we've always done the best job of answering the bell early in the season and you know we had that conversation at the end of last year about not letting these early season opportunities get away from us and making sure we were ready for them so you know, to answer the bell and, and, and be ready to play out of the gates here and get positive results uh, certainly is exciting. And now it puts us in a position to have to even, you know, play harder and, and play better uh, because certainly, you know, uh, we find ourselves in a position to, to really do some great things. So um, for us, you know, this is just hopefully the beginning of some things. Of course, we should point out winning on the road too. So next time you'll play them, we'll be at your place, which seemingly will be an advantage. Obviously, you can't assume that, but that at least is a good. You're not trying to go get that second win on the road now. You're going to get it at home. Granted, you got to play everyone home and away. You've still got some tough ones ahead, but at least you got a tough one on the road out of the way. Yeah, no, it definitely was good to obviously get the result on the road. And, and we would hope that, you know, playing here at home, you know, puts a little extra energy, uh, especially when that game comes, you know, when we see them again in February, um, you know, could be some pretty significant things at stake when we see them again and uh, fully expect them to be at the top of the conference as we move forward as well. Uh, and we would obviously hope there's a little extra energy in the DuFour Center here uh, when we get to see them down the road. We'll talk about the rest of the conference in a bit, but one thing that jumped out at me that surprised me was the last time you all won a conference title was 2015. I I, I just, I, there's something about you guys being in the mix, and I know Scranton's been in this, and I know E-Town and Moravian, it's been a tough battle, but I just kind of assumed you had won, more, won one more recently. Is there pressure building, at least within you guys internally, that you want to get it done, that you want to get another conference title accomplished, and especially not rely on at-large bids? Well, I appreciate you reminding me of that. Um, My job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, certainly there's always this internal pressure, mainly, you know, that I might put on myself um, to want to wanna get over the hump. Um, we found ourselves in the conference championship game quite a few times over the last several years. Um, you know, I think the change in our focus this year in particular has really been process-based 
and making sure that, you know, we focus on the here and now, the games we have in front of us, the preparation for those games that we have in front of us. And our thought process, honestly, and really truly is that if we do that, then the big picture will take care of itself. Uh, our conference is strong. You know, we've had over the last several years, we've, we've been a three bid team uh, off to the national tournament. And, you know, we've also found ourselves in a position where if you're not focused on every single game, then someone's going to jump up and get you that maybe you wouldn't expect to. So um, obviously it's been a while uh, since we've been at the very top there with a, a postseason conference championship. Um, that's that, that's certainly a, a goal, an overarching goal that we have in our program. Uh, but more important than that is to do everything that we can to control what we can in the here and now uh, to put ourselves in position to have that kind of success down the road. You're talking about somebody coming up and biting you. I mean, Drew certainly surprised quite a few of the last few seasons. Maybe not going to materialize this year, at least from early results, but you never know. But you also have a new conference look now with Lycoming coming in Wilkes in the conference, not only meaning you're playing more conference games by the tune of four, but you're also playing new opponents that maybe you played in non-conference ways like uh like coming right now is six and one on the season two and one in conference play wilkes is four and four and four and four and oh and two what do you make of of that addition obviously you've got more games which means less non-conference games putting a little more pressure on the conference slate but what do you expect and are you guys still trying to figure things out with understanding who Lyco and wilkes will be and their impact on the conference well, I think that's the biggest thing is the familiarity of it all, right? Um, there are new programs in the conference. We personally, in my time here at Catholic, have never played either of them. So, you know, coming into the season, we really didn't know a lot about them. Um, you know, as you go through your normal prep in conference games, you get to know the players and the systems from year to year. So there's a, a you know, kind of a little bit of familiarity with them and not that preparation is easier because with the games we play, you know, preparation is always a challenge. Uh, but there's that added challenge of not knowing much about either Wilkes or Lycoming. Certainly both got out of the gates uh, in, in you know, great fashion with how they started. Um, we'll focus on Lycoming when we see them in the new year. Um, but, uh, you know, as we were preparing for Wilkes last weekend, we didn't really know what to expect. There's one thing to watch a team on film. It's a very different thing to see them play in person and really know what they're all about. Um, what we found out is they're a team that plays incredibly hard. Um, they're very athletic and, and we needed to be prepared for that game. And, you know, thankfully we were and we were ready to go. Let's pivot to your team outscoring your opponents right now by nearly 19 points a game and you've got oh uh, what is it three players officially in double figures four of them if you want to talk about 9.4 points which i usually say anybody in the ni high nines was, is kind of in that double figure range we give like me a little bit of a breakdown of this team uh understanding where its weapons are and who we if we're tuning into a catholic game or we're, we're on site trying to watch one what are we what would we be keying on well, I mean, at our best, and our, our focus this year has been towards balance in our, in our lineups. Um, you know, we feel like uh, each day we we practice and play, we get an we get a step closer to that. So, if you're watching us play, hopefully you're going to see a real aggressive and clean style of defense. Uh, we're going to put pressure on you to do things that maybe you're uncomfortable doing, uh, and then offensively, we're going to share the ball a lot. Uh, we'll get out in transition, uh, and you know, if you look at some of those box scores, you know, we've had games where our starting 
five has been, you know, shot attempts and field goal attempts between nine and 13 per game. Um, I think over the first, you know, seven or eight games, you know, we had four to five different scoring leaders in those games. And, and that's really what we're trying to get to. Um, we've had some great teams here through the years and, you know, I've had coaches tell us when you look at our teams, you know, in past years and you see this one person scoring, you know, an abnormally high, you know, uh, percent, uh, percentage of the points, that might be where you key in on. And what we've tried to get to is a point where, you know, hot hand gets the ball and we can recognize, you know, a different approach to each game and where we may have an advantage. Um, you know, we've had, you know, certainly out of the gates, Keegan Douglas has done a phenomenal job of, of leading the way. Um, but, you know, at Elizabethtown on, you know, last Wednesday, Carly Mulvaney stepped up through regulation overtime uh, to score 27 for us. And then last night against a really good and strong Susquehanna team, Anna Skoblik, you know, stepped in and had 19 points. Uh, you know, Sarah White has is, is contributed quite a bit through multiple games in terms of, you know, being one of our leading scorers when we've needed her step up. And then Carrie Flaherty, who's, who's new to us this year, you know, against a really strong Shenandoah team, you know, uh, about two weeks back you know, absolutely caught fire from three-point line. And so that really has been at the heart of our success is balance and our ability to share the ball and and at our best, uh, an ability to beach in a number of different ways. So a team that's got five seniors and or graduate students, uh, Flaherty, the one graduate student, you have three juniors of a roster of 21. You have a lot of youth in terms of sophomores and freshmen on this team. So we'll talk about this with Lori Kelly coming up, too. There's this interesting kind of teeter-totter, this balance between that senior group that's obviously kind of leading the way and getting you guided up, but then trying to get that experience for the sophomores and freshmen because eventually they're taking over, even if you still have three juniors left. Heck, I quickly looked. One of those juniors has only played in one game. So really, you got to rely on those sophomores and freshmen, if not now, very, very soon. So how do you balance that? Well, we're, we're weirdly young, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. Obviously, we have great leadership from our seniors and from our captains, uh, but when you look at that rotation of, of young women that come in off the bench, um, there's a lot of sophomores and freshmen in that mix. And so, you know, part of that and part of navigating that is really strong leadership. Uh, we've got a great senior class uh, and then a really great uh, group of captains with Sarah White and Keegan Douglas and Carly Mulvaney. They've really done a ter- tremendous job this year of of getting our young women invested and like really into a place where they care about each other and appreciate each other. Uh, and they want the best for each other. And so um, there's a great culture of support in our practices day in, day out within our program that pervades everything we do. Uh, and I think that's really been at the heart of our success here in the early going. And it's going to need to continue to grow as we move forward if we're going to really accomplish what we think we can. But balancing that, navigating that is really about just really strong leadership from our upper class and from our young women that are in that starting group right now. One of the other things you have to balance is the schedule of a student athlete. And this is that time of year where it's the most important. You've got exam period coming up. you got the holiday break coming up when there is no school. Possible J-term if that exists at certain institutions and, the, and, and then the time to the next semester. Or in some cases, there are trimesters certainly out there. You guys are in a, aren't in that lull just yet. Coming up this weekend, you'll play Moravian. Then you'll get a break for nine days and play a back-to-back against Eastern and Marymount. So you got a tough conference game coming up that I know everyone's got to focus on. Then you get that break, and you'll still, though, get a kind of a tough test in Eastern and Marymount before you do take 
your holiday break. Yep. How is it with that balance? How do you tell the student athletes, hey, yeah, we've got some big games coming up, but the exams are just as important? Yeah, I mean, it's a challenge. And I think a lot of that started this past week. Uh, we're in final exams next week. And so we're at that point, that high anxiety level of time where, you know, they're wrapping up their classes. They've got final presentations and projects and papers. And that balance and that focus uh, on academics and basketball is a challenge. And so we've had to, we've really, I hope we've done a great job of giving them a break, uh, breaks when they've needed them. Um, and I think really this week leading up to exams in a lot of ways can be more difficult than the exam week period itself. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's been difficult. Um, and again, just talking with them, talking with our leaders, asking questions. What do you all need from us this weekend next? Um, after we come out of Moravian on Saturday, we won't practice for a couple of days because uh, they need to focus on those exams. And, and I think that's really a great thing about Division Three. It's we talk about the student athlete, and when you get into this stretch of time and, and these last couple of weeks of semester, that's where it's really put to the test. Where's your focus? What's most important? And as as much as we love what we're doing on the court, we love being part of this. Their degrees and their courses of study are are vastly more important. So you know we'll come out of Saturday. And then we likely won't see them for a good three or four days uh, so they can just dive into their final exams and really focus in on them. And then we'll slowly start to bring them back into the gym as we prepare for our last two games of the semester. Is there any solace or anything you can rely on or they can rely on to go, hey, listen, yeah, tough game against Moravian. But they're in the same boat we're in. They're dealing with their exams. They're dealing with the end of their semester. It isn't like it's somehow just us going through this. Is that something that is helpful to to at least everyone appreciate that, you know, this isn't some one-off that Moravian's got some advantage or Eastern's got some advantage. We're all going through it. You know, I think that's the important thing to do, right? The easy thing is to have that, woe is me, we're going through this. Um, the more challenging thing is to make sure you're having those conversations and say, hey, we're all going through this, right? Like every institution is going through it with, you know, juggling their academics and athletics and exam period. You know, had a great conversation before the game with uh, Gabby Hoko there at Susquehanna. They're in the exact same boat we are. Um, you know, they're they're prepping for exams next week. Um, and then they had to get on a bus and travel out to see us. So there's challenges across the board uh, and we're all in the same boat. And I think it's important to remind your student athletes and your coaches that yeah we're not the only ones navigating all of this uh, and there's some perspective that's important to share you then will take that break as we mentioned you'll be off for the holidays from the 19th of december until the 3rd of january you'll take on light coming in that first game followed by drew then scranton how do you ramp back up without both kind of going too quickly but at the same time, also not going too slowly. Like, how do you balance that when you're coming off of a holiday break? Yeah, I mean, it's we've, we've got to figure out a way to ramp up pretty quickly. So hopefully when we get back to campus here in late December, you know, it's where everybody's in the best possible place they can be focus-wise. Uh, I think we're all going to be excited for that break uh, when it comes after that Marymount game. Um, the season's a grind. I don't have to tell you, you know, you start on October 15th in most years. And, and this year was very different because everyone started a little bit earlier in a lot of cases. And then it's a sprint to Thanksgiving and you get a very small break there. 
and then it's a, a grind through exams to the to the winter break. So we'll bring them back, and then January third, we're back at it again with games. So you know we're going to have to really dive in to figure out you know how to have that build up through the right way, spend some time together as a team through the new year, uh, and and celebrate while keeping ourselves focused on basketball because then you get into that stretch run and it's nothing but conference rest away, rest away January into February. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you've done it many different ways, depending on the team and, and what you've learned. Hey, before I let you go, got to point out, you're going to get the chance. Landmark's going back for the second straight year in a row to the Palestra uh, up in Philadelphia. I don't think you guys got that opportunity last year. You'll get that opportunity this year. That's a pretty fun one, to say the least. You, you've got to be, I know the next game's the most important, but that one's got to be circled and everyone's got to be kind of gearing up for the excitement. Um, no, we're super excited for that opportunity. As someone myself who grew up in the greater Philadelphia area, to be able to coach a game on that floor uh, is a tremendous thrill. When you look at our roster, um, it, it's you know it's kind of a home ground for for a lot of young women on the roster. We have a, a number of friends and family and players and alum in the greater Philadelphia area. So the opportunity to make the trip up there and, and play on that floor in, in one of the most storied facilities, if not the most storied facility in college basketball. Um, the Cathedral of College Basketball is really a tremendous thrill. So, well, of course, we're focusing on the games at hand. Um, that's an exciting opportunity that we're all looking forward to. And um, really fortunate that we have the opportunity to play that game. Can't thank Katie Boldovich and, and our landmark leadership and, and our leadership here at Catholic for creating that possibility for us. You'll be playing Juniata there on the 14th, two days after you'll be playing Scranton. That's in January. Looking forward to seeing that. Matt, I could talk to you forever since there's so much to catch up on, but I'll let you go. I know you got more important things to do, so I appreciate your time all the same. Uh, hopefully, we'll be catching each other somewhere down the road. Maybe I'll be at the Palestra. I know Goucher's going to be there for that again, so I'm looking forward to it uh, if I can find the time to get out there. But in the meantime, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in? Yeah, I just want to thank you uh, for having us on tonight and, and you know, asking us, uh, talking with us about our program here and what we're doing. And, and more importantly, I really want to thank you for all that you do for Division Three college basketball on the women's and men's side. Uh, the level of exposure that you bring to all of our programs is tremendous and, and just really appreciate all that you do, Dave. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's a lot easier when I say it all the time. Coaches can come on, too, to help us sound at least half knowledgeable. <laughs> appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Have a great holiday season. We'll look forward to catching up you down the road. Likewise. Thanks again. Absolutely. Matt Donna, you're joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Good to chat with him. Great to get the perspective on the Landmark Conference and Catholic at this time of year. I usually wait until later in the year, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that one. And there may be more to talk about on the women's side, to be honest. Scranton and E-Town and Moravian. We'll probably be talking to quite a few people down the road. We'll take a break. We'll keep it with women's basketball. Head up to Minnesota, where it actually felt like spring out there today. We'll talk to their women's head coach to talk about the Gusties and how they're off to a hot start as well. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D. 3hoops.com more more from us when we come back for the love of the game but for those of us who are division three student athletes it's more than that a lot more sure the game is important but as we work so hard to build both mind and body it's more about team that is why ncaa division three teamed up with special olympics and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream we are working to make this a better world Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We are the coaches of women's basketball. 
We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, be a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. There are over 480,000 college athletes. Only 2% will go pro. That means over 470,000 will not get a shoe contract. No autographs. No private jets. No fan clubs. No Hall of Fame inductions. Instead, they will walk away with something much more valuable. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering. Uh, Welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. As we continue along here, appreciate you all your time. We're going to keep moving along things quickly as you switch gears and talk, uh, continue to talk women's basketball. We head out to Minnesota, though, and another top 25 team on the women's side. It's the Gusties of Gustavus Adolphus, who are now 6-0 and on their season. Should have been seven games in, but they're not. And they've got a really tough stretch ahead. I talked earlier today with their head coach, Lori Kelly. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it's the head coach of the Gusties. It's Lori Kelly. Coach, welcome to the show once again. Thanks for taking the time. Great to see you. Uh, tremendous start to the season. Uh, we don't normally talk to you this time of year, so I'm looking forward to getting your perspective at this point. But you got to be thrilled with a 6-0 and start. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, with that early change with uh, going from weeks to days, we were able to get in the gym earlier. So, you know, we started, I think, one day in September, that last day of September. So getting some of those early practices and spread them out, it seemed like we practiced for a long time before we finally got to some games. Um, for us, I think it kind of helped. We brought in a, I brought in a group of eight freshmen. So that opportunity to be on the floor earlier and spread out some rest days in between uh, really helped, I think, keep us from getting injured. Um, those beginning pulled muscles and stuff were prevented. And it gave a chance for those younger players to just kind of start learning our system a little bit better. 
Um, so finally to get some games tipped off was, is, has been good. Um, this time of the year, it kind of gets crazy as they're wrapping up their semesters and finals and final projects and trying to squeeze in for us. We were in a four game over eight day stretch. So, um, we're kind of in that craziness of the holidays of December. Lots to unpack there. I'm fascinated by the fact you brought in so many freshmen. You've got five seniors on top of that. You've got this kind of interesting teeter-totter, as it were, because you've got all that experience up top, and you've got all this youth coming in as well that have got to get on board and really have a year to get on board to understand what all the seniors already know. That's got to be both challenging and kind of exciting at the same time. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it is nice to have the veteran players. We have the bulk. We lost two real veteran players for us last year in Anna Sanders and Grace Benz. Um, and so we have a bulk of our top team back. But then now to have these eight young, talented freshmen coming in, they have that opportunity to learn from the people in front of them. I, I do believe it's what you need to not just be good sometimes. I think to really have that culture, you know, like for me, I was fortunate. I came from St. Thomas, um, University of St. Thomas, strong division three program. You know, you you had to work to pay your dues and um, that that routine of every year turning over and then having those next younger players ready to make their mark. And so it's kind of that opportunity with these veteran players. We have a number of seniors that are, are also considering coming back. So we have a, we'll have a big group of returners next year and allowing these young freshmen to learn from some really veteran all-conference players and to try to keep that the culture and the norm of your program. And it's kind of what we've been working for here at Gustavus. I mean, we want to win a conference championship every year, but really our goal is we want to be known on a national level to compete for a national championship. And, you know, we're working hard to try to get those players each year um, to buy into that system and to keep our culture the way it really has been over the last few years. Curious question, because I've seen this in a few places um, in, a, in a few different sports as well, where the upperclassmen, I don't know if they just assume that because they've been there, they get that role or what the case may be. But when a younger uh, athlete comes along and is either better than them or they've plateaued or whatever there's millions of different scenarios they they don't always handle that well there are some that handle it tremendously and there's some who just don't grasp the idea that maybe they're going to get surpassed by someone who just came on board how do you balance that as a coach and this is a great example this year where you got so many seniors and so many freshmen hey some of those freshmen might just happen to be better than players who've been there three or four years yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that if you were to survey the players that play for me, that they, they would tell you, I never wonder what Coach Kelly's thinking. Um, I'm I'm really not a fluff coach. They would tell you that. They know I love them dearly and I would do anything for them. But to me, I think being false about something, I'm, I'm very direct. I'm, I'm honest with them. Um, as a player that came in as a freshman that played, you know, I got to start as a freshman. Um I, I started over a girl that had started previously. So I kind of had that happened as a player. Um, I think for, for me, my, my job is to put the best product I can on the floor. And sometimes age is, you know, is regardless of that. I always tell people if I think if things were even, if I have a senior, that's probably the same as a freshman, I'm, I'm probably will go with the experience over that. But um, you know, I think it's kind of like working at a job and saying, I've been here three years and you've been here one. The reality in the real life world is somebody that's been there a year might be promoted over you. And so I think our job not only is to 
help them grow from 18 to 22 year old adults, but learning some life, life, life lessons along the way, particularly in basketball, it's easy to do that in a team sport. And that's a perfect example of some disappointments that we face in our real world work world that you learn from those experiences that hopefully help prepare you when you leave these doors and go into your professional world. You know, great way of saying it. Certainly a good perspective uh, to give them. I'm, I'm always surprised by those, those upperclassmen who don't grasp that concept. Um, and I can tell some stories even from this past yeah. fall. Um, I mean, I fully appreciated that perspective myself. Um, but interesting enough, it's juniors and seniors leading the way right now with your team, at least when we look at the score sheets and we look at the, at the stats from the season. You've got three in double figures, four nearly there, five at eight and a half or above in total. A little bit of a step off. And again, this is scoring averages. It doesn't tell us the whole story necessarily, but give us a little bit of sense of how that group is working right now through the opening six. Yeah, you know, for us right now, I feel like the balance of our team has been the success over the last couple of years. If you look at our statistical categories in the MIAC for individual players, you don't find a lot of Gustavus people at the top of any of the leaderboards, except field goal percentage, where I think we had the first, second, and third place people in the MIAC uh, as of a couple of days ago. Um, it's really about team basketball for us. And I think that's the excitement. I think people enjoy coming to watch our games because I think it's really, I mean, maybe I'm probably rose-colored glasses a little bit, but I really do think that you know, we play the game the way it's kind of intended to play. It's not a lot of, I tell people all the time, if you're looking, I tell recruits, if you want a five out dribble drive offense, don't come to Gustavus. I'm a post player. Like I'm still trying to beg to keep the post play around. You I love know? you. I love um, you. Yeah. So I, for me, I just, I love team basketball. I love that there's a post presence all the time. And so um, with that, I think that's been a key to our success. We don't rely on one or two players to have to show up on a game to win a game. Um, you know, I don't know if we have the depth we had a year ago because we don't have the experience at that position, not the talent, but we don't, they're not ex as experienced as the depth we had last year. Um, but we're working towards that. You know, we've been fortunate to be come out of the gates really strong. Um, so I, a lot of our players are, I mean, last night we had 11 players in double figure minutes and um, nobody played more than 20 minutes. So our minutes are down a little bit, just trying to save some legs for this tough week. But um, our, our team right now is in a good place, I feel like. Uh, and we're still trying to work on that rotation. It's so early to find out who are those freshmen that are going to come in and play some minutes for you and play a role. And we're starting to kind of, as games go on, keep figuring that out. We had uh, Carrie Carollo on the last show, and we've talked to her on numerous occasions about what it's like to coach her own daughter and her daughter's role on the team. I don't think we've ever talked about it with you. No. If anyone spies the roster, they might notice a name that's somewhat familiar. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I did some sleuthing to make sure. There, there's a great picture on social media of you standing proudly next to your daughter when she announced she was gumming to Gustavus Adolphus. What's it like to coach her? What's what's her perspective like? Because Carrie's perspective was fascinating, even hearing from her say that her daughter felt the pressure to to perform in a certain way, not in a negative necessarily, but just, hey, you know, this is my mom's program. My dad's the assistant coach. I want to perform a certain way. What's that yeah. dynamic like for you and Morgan? Well, I have never coached her, you know, because I spent so much of her youth time. I was in division one. And so there was just no time to be involved in the youth programs of your community. I, I just was gone too much during that time. So I never had ever coached her. Um, I was excited for her to when she decided to come to Gustavus. I knew if she had picked a different school, I wouldn't have the opportunity to see her play. So the fact I get to be a fan 
um, at the same time be a mom and the coach. Um, I always say that we parents get these rose colored glasses to see our children through. My daughter would tell you that her mine are broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, my son might say the same, to be honest. Yeah, with you. <laughs> you know, I love coaching her. Uh, if you were to come as a recruit or you came to watch a practice, I don't think anybody would know she's my daughter for sure, except she calls me mom instead of coach. Interesting. Um, I think that there's times for, for us because of high school and college, you know, as she'd come home from a game, she comes into my office some days and says, Hey, can I talk to my mom? And I just take my coach's hat off and I throw my mom hat on and I just become mom. And so I feel like we have a really good working relationship to understand that dynamic. Now, not that it's perfect all the time, but we have found a really good way. It was interesting last night when we were standing there for our, our last game, they did our starting lineup and I, all those seniors go out and a couple juniors. And I looked at my assistant coaches and I said, I, this is really going to stink a year from now when it's senior day. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I mean, I really love this group. I, I love them. Like they're all my daughters actually. And you know, the fresh, the people that are seniors came in their freshman year, they were COVID, you know? And so it was a tough freshman year and we've gone through a lot as a group. And I think it's why I love doing the job that we get to do as coaches. Um, the older I get, they make me feel young still to be around all these young kids. They they keep me current in all of the things I don't know anything about. Um, but I just really enjoy their company. And I think as I, the longer I've coached, the more I realize being around really great student athletes is really the key to really finding joy in your job more than just winning games. And I've been fortunate to just have a really great group here at Gustavus. Yeah, it's cool to hear. Great perspective, to say the least. And uh, obviously, you got another at least this season and next uh, with Morgan. Maybe, maybe yeah, she excited. wants to take take that extra year. Who knows? Um, hey, let's talk about the season though. <clears throat> Six games in, what should have been seven. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. Off to that six and zero start. Uh, you've got an interesting test ahead of you. We'll get to that in the meantime. But again, how have you felt this season has started from your perspective? Yeah, I thought I, defensively, I, I don't know if I've had a team as good defensively. It's probably become our identity. I've been really, really proud of how well we've defended um, the first 30 minutes of the game, which is the, you know, I'm playing probably your top eight during most of that time. Um, we've just defensively locked down and uh, we had a game that we didn't shoot the ball very well, three or four games in. And it was a great opportunity to teach them that, Hey, we won by a lot just because we played really good defense and learning that lesson that I'm just not, we don't have to outscore everybody. We just, we need to make sure we don't, we got to lock people down and it takes that pressure off your offense to have to score. So I think right now I'm really, really pleased with how we are defensively. Um, offensively, we I always say offense comes along later than the defense because you're still learning that nuances on the floor with new players and um, what niches that each player has. But I think overall... Um, we've shot the ball well as a team. Um, the last couple of days, games, not well from the free throw line. So I'm, I'm not happy with the free throw shooting. So we're working on a couple of things to get back on track on that. But it, I mean, for, for to start out six and oh, um, we've had some depth. We've, we're injury free right now. So there's a lot of good things going, but we have a lot of work to do to, to get ready for some upcoming games. Also, if, if I kind of understand my own life of basketball, but it, it, in general, the timing on offense is more important in terms of being you have a smaller window of the timing than you do on defense defense you can be a hair trigger late but you're in a position already to make up for that timing whereas on offense you got to be on time to keep the defense from getting to you on time so that's probably why the offense comes along a little later too 
Yeah. And, you know, like I really, the loss of like Anna Sanders for us um, was our senior captain last year. She graduated as a nurse, had a nursing job right away. So um, we miss her a lot. And she filled a role that now as she's left, it's not like somebody replaces that, but it's who picks up the pieces of the things that she did. So, you know, she, as a four-year player, you know, that swag, that go-to player, um, when we were in crunch time, we needed a three, you, you kind of went to her. And so it's now it's finding, even though so many of them are returners, I mean, there's three of them now that are captains that weren't before. And we have a player coming off the bench that for three years that now is a starter. So it's like learning their new role is also part of that, that, you know, uh, growth of your program. Makes complete sense. Um, and obviously the adjustment to losing a, a talented player needs some time. You're six yeah. and zero though, to start the opening six, not too shabby. You're into conference play. As you mentioned, you're into the throws of the, a lot of games in a small window, despite kind of some of the changes in conference. Uh, you've gotten past Augsburg already. You've gotten past St. Scholastica uh, and McAllister. You've got St. Uh, Catherine ahead. You're supposed to play Carlton. We'll bring that up in a minute. But just kind of the start here, Carl, uh, the St. Catherine games, uh, a little bit going to be, at least what we're seeing, might be kind of a good test here before the holidays, before you take a break, and then you get really into throws of things. Yeah, I, I, do, I look for St. Kate's to be a real tough game um, on the road. They play really well at home. Uh, Don's a great coach there at St. Kate's. And the thing I notice most about them is their depth and how hard they play regardless of the score. Uh, they're coming off a win at home against Bethel. Uh, Bethel's always been a strong team in the Mayak. So they're feeling some confidence. He's got a, a freshman leading him in scoring right now. So, you know, I, I think it'll be one of our, a, a really good test for us coming forward. We haven't, you know, the nervousness I have is we really haven't been in a close game. We've been able to get out of the gates quick. Um, and so that's a test. You, I mean, the reality is you're going to be in close games coming up here in your top teams in your conference and in, in tournament play. Uh, so you, you have to kind of put yourselves in those situations. And we unfortunately haven't really been, well, I guess it's fortunate. We haven't been in that situation, but also unfortunate that you, you're going to need that experience. And so I look for St. Kate's to be a team that we're going to need to play well. Uh, we're going to have to be focused and we're going to have to match their intensity on their floor. Um closest finish is 16 points so i can fully appreciate yeah it, it just hasn't felt close you've got st kate's and then after that you're going to head down to fort lauderdale feel horrible for you minnesotans uh to head down to southern uh sunny Cal uh, florida i should say but you got rhode island college out the gate there before you'll take on which is always a tough simpson squad but that rhode island college team right now is looking like a behemoth that's certainly going to give you some tests before you take a holiday break think on it and then get back into my play uh, yeah, I mean, for us, we kind of picked that picked a tournament. We were looking because of our limited play of non-conference opponents in the Mayak due to our conference scheduling, which, like we saw, talked about earlier off air, that will be changing. But um, I, Jenna's done such a good job at Rhode Island College. She has a bulk her whole group back and a lot of fifth year seniors. Uh, it's a real good opportunity for us to go onto a neutral floor and really give ourselves a test to to really see where you're at and give you an opportunity to then refocus to see what you need to work on going into January and February to hopefully make a run um, to be able to compete with teams at that level. You'll get back into conference play when you get back on the other side of the New Year's. Interesting enough, you'll start it with a bang with Concordia Moorhead, who's obviously been in the conversation quite a bit. Um, I know that your the conference won't be easy, as you said. This is kind of the last throws of the old way. Uh, you'll, you'll at least get to transition to maybe a lighter schedule. But it's kind of already seen that because – 
Carlton announced that they pulled out of the season pretty much after the season began. I've seen that happen in other conferences before. It can be pretty frustrating, even if the the reasons are quite understandable. Um, But Carlton pulls out, you lose those two games. The first question is, can you even make them up? Because that's important for a host of reasons. And the second part of that is, where do you make them up in what is a crowded MIAC schedule? I mean, we are a big league. We have 12 women's teams in the MIAC. And so when someone dropped and Carlton decided, you know, unfortunately due to their numbers and some injuries, um, we're not going to be able to complete the season. There were 22 games available in in our league. And there's not 22 people still looking to fill their games in that period of time. We were fortunate. Um, the University of Wisconsin lacrosse hosts a tournament over Thanksgiving, and they had a team drop out of their tournament last minute. And we sent our kids home on Wednesday morning. I get a call Wednesday afternoon and they showed up Sunday morning. We did a walkthrough and we drove over in vans. So we hadn't practiced in like three and a half days and, um, you know, credit to the girls. They, they were ready to go, but, uh, so it was for us getting a WIAC opponent, their strength of schedule is really strong and lacrosse is a a real, is a, a good program for the WIAC. So it was nice to be able to get that, pick up a game there and, then we chose to pick up an opponent where we picked up Bethel as a third. It'd be a non-conference game, but we're going to play them on December 30th. So we were fortunate to get the 25 games where I know a lot of people in our league have been unable to do that. So it's unfortunate for the players that have seniors that you know are looking to play as many games as they can. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a tough situation all around, but um, we were fortunate, very fortunate to be able to find those two games. Interesting enough, that was your closest game so far, the lacrosse game, 16 points. I don't know if that means they'll invite you back. Um, you know, I have to tell you, Dave, I am somebody that I have a strong feeling. I, I, I'm a Minnesota girl. I love Paige Beckers. You know, watched her play at Hopkins. The When she tore ACL, they were up 30 with like less than four to go. And so I, that's always been in the back of my mind when I like to make sure that I try to get my players off the floor as quick as I can. Now they hate it. I mean, my point guard didn't go in until at all in the fourth quarter and she looks at me and, but I just really feel like I just injuries happen no matter what, but I just want to make sure we're in a situation that we can keep them as healthy as we can. And also give opportunities. Like I said, about growing your program, giving those players opportunities to step on the floor against lacrosse and understand what playing a WIAC team is like um, just makes everything everything positive for your program going forward no makes total sense and and it adds up certainly and it worked out for you all i'm glad to hear that glad to hear the bethel was willing to, to play a non-conference game that certainly won't be easy they're a tough opponent as well but speaking of let's remind everybody this does change moving forward you guys will kind of see a lighter Mayak schedule and allow yourselves to see maybe some more Wisconsin teams and the like. I assume you've already scheduled out. Maybe you're already full for next year, whatever the case might be. But what's that been like to kind of, A, change the the mentality you normally have, and B, really look to to kind of build a schedule you want? Yeah, it's ex- it's exciting. It's also more stressful when you got to find seven games and not three. Uh, you know, it's one of – it's this – I understand both viewpoints. You want to get your top team forward. And so you would say equity, if you played everybody two times, then everyone's played each other the same amount. 
Some schools do single rounds, like some of the East Coast schools. We don't have enough Division threes close enough to fill all the non-conference and don't have budgets to travel the way, you know, some maybe other schools can. So now you go and you go into an 18-game schedule. So there's four people you play single round robin, and you know, single games. And so when only the top six make the conference tournament, that's the 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 negative side of it is you really are fighting based on who you played and who I played. If I could be a lot better than you, but just, I got, I just happened to be a year that I only played the top teams single times and you played them twice. I'm going to get a seat in the, in the conference tournament. So, you know, we, we hemmed and hawed, but the reality is, is that the way it was set up, if you, if you listen to Hoopsville, if you listen to people talk, we needed to change our schedule. If we wanted to have opportunities to host or to get higher in the regions or I mean for us we were turning ourselves into what I thought was a one bid league that was the big part on our yep. schedule yeah yep. that was the so, big part yeah so I feel like we're moving in the right directions you know again like I played in the in the I played in the 90s when three or four Mayak teams would be going so um you know I hope that with this new scheduling the top teams get an opportunity to schedule stronger strength the schedule and the players the teams that are rebuilding they get a chance to schedule some opportunities for their kids to be a little more competitive some in some games and so i think it's a win win for for whether you're at the top of the league or like i said you're rebuilding it gives your t- opportunities to do what's best for your program I can't remember the Yodak model, but I want to say it's 50-50. So half the teams you play twice, half the teams you play single, and it rotates every year. And I'm assuming it rotates a little bit there. So there's another yeah. idea, too, that the Yodak, that I always call it the Yodak model. I, I personally think it works out. And we'll look forward to seeing how it plays out down the road. Hey, taking a lot of your time. Quick question before we let you go. You're, you mentioned St. Thomas. Uh, it's still bittersweet that we don't have them still in Division Three. Um, but what's it like now to be watching your alma mater as a D1 program? Well, I always joke, I, I, my teammates from St. Thomas are my very best friends. There's seven of us that get together. We're all heading down to Marco Island in May. We have a Christmas party next week. Like It's the thing I got out of college athletics that I value the most are these women that have become my lifetime friends. And it's fun because I can cheer for them now because they're not an opponent. Um, I feel like it's being a, we all won a national championship together. So that experience with them is what I think drives me so hard to want to try to provide that opportunity to have that same experience for my student athletes here at Gustavus. Uh, I, I think being a college athlete, I used to joke, Dave, I would give 10 years of my life to, to go back and do four more years. But now that I'm in the 50 year club, um, I don't got 10 more years to give, but, um, I'm happy. And it's, I do, I miss St. Thomas, but I love that. I get to cheer them on. Um, heading up to a game next week, actually, one of my teammates' daughters plays on the team, Jordan Lampker. So I, it's been fun to see a Division One program up here um, that you can, hopefully they'll keep growing and, and get ready to really dominate, hopefully, in the next few years here in the Summit. Very cool. Always love your perspective, and thanks for sharing it. Uh, can't wait to uh, see how they play out, too. Uh, bitter, it, maybe one of the small, rare teams, I should say that I am uh, I keep track of once they leave division 3. The rest yeah. are all dead to me. They're all dead to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. St. Thomas maybe maybe not so much. Aww. Hey, Lori, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, especially coming on during this busy time of year. Um we wish you luck the rest of the way. Have a great holidays as well. Have a wonderful trip to Florida. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? No, I just everybody that supports Division Three athletics. We just it's a they're a special group of people, and um, I, I appreciate the support and the attention that you give to our programs. And I know the student athletes really appreciate it as well. So for all the listeners, happy holidays, and thank you again for your support. 
Well, thank you. It's a lot easier when we get coaches like yourself on the show, so I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Enjoy it. And we'll, I'm, I'm quite sure we'll be talking soon. Thanks. Lori Kelly joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Thanks to Lori Kelly coming on the show earlier today. Really appreciate her taking the time. Quick note, they've got, again, Rhode Island College and Simpson coming up down in Fort Lauderdale on December 20th and 21st. So they got a little bit of time off. I should point out, actually, they'll play St. Cats coming up on Saturday. Then they've got Rhode Island College, fourth-ranked team in the D3Hoops.com top 25 and a tough Simpson squad coming up in Florida. A quick note, we were talking about that dynamic of a daughter and a coach and all of that, and she said she calls her mom, et cetera. Funny story, uh, I was reminded of this um, this fall. Uh, Jeff Miller, the athletics director at Goucher College, was put into the Hall of Fame there. He had served for eons. He was a mentor to so many student athletes like myself. His daughter attended Goucher College, and he jokes about it. she had arrived on campus. She was a student. It was uh, early on, probably in the, in the preseason and stuff, and she goes walking past her past him and says hey mr miller and completely took him back there was no dad there wasn't you know anything along those lines it was what we called him everybody called him mr miller and he asked her in a private moment later what was that all about she said well i didn't want to feel like i was being treated differently or there were different expectations or everybody everybody calls you mr miller i'm gonna call you mr miller except when she needed her dad obviously just the difference in those dynamics between people and when they're coaching their own or they have their own with them in the athletics department. I always find those dynamics rather interesting. We'll take another break. When we come back, we'll go back live. Jason Leone joining us. I don't know if he's had to shovel himself out of any snow recently, but we'll check in with him to see how much has fallen on the Great Lakes there in Oswego. Talk about his squad and how they are climbing higher in the top 25. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with so much more. Because after him, by the way, we, we still have Trinity's head coach and his celebrity status recently. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. I used to never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. 
Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How it wouldn't change it for the world. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division III schools to join our cause. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division III. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we continue to roll along, a little tight on time, so we're going to keep things moving. Shifting gears, heading to the men's basketball side of things. Fourth-ranked team in all the land is the Oswego Lakers. Jason Leon's team is playing pretty well. Got a first-place vote out of the 25 who are voting. They're 7-0 on the season. Their last game, though, was five days ago, and they will not play until Vegas at the D3Hoops.com Classic on December 28th. An interesting break here, but they're off to a hot start. Closest game was Clarkson. If I'm looking at this right, well, St. Lawrence was pretty close as well. Clarkson was a nine-point game. St. Lawrence was an eight-point game. What do you read in between that? Probably nothing if you're talking to coaching staffs because that's what they like to do. I tell you that it means all absolutely jack. And so joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline to tell us it means absolutely jack is the head coach of the Lakers. It's Jason Leon. Have you had to, first off, have you had to shovel yourself out of any significant snow yet this season? significant no but when you grow up in central new york everybody's definition of significant is probably a little bit different this is true this is true um it certainly wasn't last year's behemoth in buffalo that's that's for sure no Um, that was that was uh, (laughs) a notorious snowstorm yeah that's on another level um you guys so far um mike probably doesn't love you at plattsburgh too much 10172 was the victory last time out on the second 10466 over SUNY IT RPI. You held them to 45. Clarkson, we mentioned, was an eight-point game or a nine-point game. Nazareth was uh, an 11-point game. St. Lawrence, an eight-point game. Potsdam, a 28-point game. Is this how you guys expected the season to start? Not only undefeated, but somewhat in control of most of these games? Well, we haven't played away from home yet, Dave. So, I mean, I'm not going to, uh, you know, I don't want to. Uh, 
you know, say that we haven't played well. Um, well, I, I think we've done some really good things. I, I, I certainly think there's another level that we can get to. Um, you know, we've, we've got eight guys. Our, our roster's pretty unique. You saw us play last year in, in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight, and um, we have everybody back off that team except for one guy who was a significant piece. Um, but I've got eight guys on the team that are between 22 and 24 years old. So um, this is a group that's been together for quite a quite a long time. And, you know, coming out of COVID, we've, we've won 62 of our last 68 games. So the group knows how to win. They're very, very connected. Um, but it, it certainly presents some challenges in that, um, you know, expectations have been high. Um, so keeping them engaged on a daily basis um, has been one of our challenges, um, but they've been pretty mature about things. You know, I, if I had to pick out something that's been a little tricky is uh, for us as we've played in spurts quite a bit where show signs for four or five minutes that, you know, we can be a, a, a really good team. Um, and then there's been times where, you know, we don't exhibit great habits and, you know, kind of let some teams after big leads come back into the game. Um, but we've played, a, 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 albeit at home, we've played a, a challenging schedule to this point. So, um, you know, our, our league, our, our region doesn't get as much notoriety, I think, as some of the other regions. We don't, other than Rochester and NYU, we don't have one of those power Division three conferences in our state. So, but if you watch St. Lawrence, Clarkson play, those are two teams. If you look at the teams they've played, they've played well. Um, and obviously, our, our games were close against both of them. Um, you look at a team, you know, out of the skyline, Farmingdale State. Uh, I think they've, we, although we haven't played them, uh, I watched them the other day uh, just randomly and they're, they, they play great offensive basketball. Um, so, you know, I, I think we've got. Um, some really good teams in this region, and and I'm pleased with where we're at right now. While we're still kind of getting healthy, um, our point guard hasn't been 100% all year, um, and we missed another key piece off our bench uh, that's just getting back into the fold now. So cautiously optimistic. We've always been a team that's played a little bit better in the second semester. So um, our trajectory I'm excited about, um, but we still got some work left to do. Interesting dynamic, again, that you've played all those games at home, really outside of the Vegas trip which we'll talk about. Your first true road game won't be until January 9th when you head off to Brockport for conference play. Not Brockport, apologies, uh, SUNY Oneonta in in conference play. Just a quirk of the schedule? I I assume that wasn't an intended plan on your part. Uh, Yeah, so we played all of our last year. The quirk was actually last year. We played all of our games out of conference away from home. So we had a bunch of those things coming back. We host a tip-off tournament every other year. We we uh, switch off with our women. So, um, so that contributes to, you know, some of the quirk of the scheduling and that type of thing. Um, you know, the year where we played everybody away from home last year, uh, some of those games were neutral site games, so they weren't true road games. So, um, yeah, so a, a little bit of a quirk of the schedule. Um, and our two conference games happen to be, just be at home randomly this year. Um, so that, that's why we had seven straight. Obviously, the conference schedule you can't be completely in control of. Hey, um, you got this long layoff now until Vegas. You're off until the 2nd until the 28th. Another little quirk there. I mean, I'm used to long breaks, but, you know, 26 days between games. Obviously, there's exams. We've been talking to all the coaches about that, and and there's that dynamic to understand that. But was there an interest in maybe getting a, a game or two done if you could 
in mid-December so it's not as long a break? Or did you purposely want to have a bit of a break to give the guys a chance to kind of recuperate? That's a good question. Um, you know, we kind of had reciprocal dates that had lined up from the previous year. There was one opponent where we looked at maybe doing something a little later, but our exam schedules didn't match up. Um, I will say just traditionally from looking at the way our team has played, um, I don't know if there's a rhyme or reason to this, Dave, but um, I actually don't mind. Like we're in classes this week and then have finals next week. It seems like that week leading up to exams, um, we've never played well in that week. So being done the week before classes end, I thought we were pretty sharp last weekend and we're eliminating maybe that weekend of games um, where maybe we're just kind of tired and, and lethargic just because of all the the mental side of thing that going into exams. So, uh, you know, look at the way that Division Three is set up with our little break that we get around the holidays. Uh, you know, it's it's just one of the challenges that we deal with as coaches with scheduling. At some point, you're going to have maybe a break in between games that you don't necessarily, you know, like. So um, I, I'd rather have this also than playing too many games in our conference in the first semester. I, I don't enjoy that either. So it'll be fine. We're, we're practicing these two weeks. Our guys have been, actually been had a really good attitude about things, and we've been really sharp. Um, and uh, it gives us some prep time for the games in Vegas. Uh, we're going to play two outstanding opponents out there. Yeah, interesting dynamic. Matt Donahue was saying that at Catholic. He's saying that the week prior to the exams is really the more stressful one than the week of exams. So it's interesting to hear you say that. I agree. Yeah, that as well. Uh, And yes, you will have most of your conference games, but just quickly, and I'm not looking at the entire schedule. I'm only seeing a part of January right now in front of me. There is a dynamic there where you're playing uh, four games in seven days. So you know, seven, eight days, depending on how you look at it. So, yeah, I can understand wanting to play them in the second half, but you also get them squeezed in. Uh, yep. Yeah, let's talk about Vegas. Good chance to preview that ahead. Uh, I've told several people when you contacted me and said I wanted to go to Vegas, I was certainly excited. When Todd contacted me and said I want to go to Vegas, I went, oh, and said, uh, you two are going to play each other. I don't care what you like. I like it or not. I don't remember Todd's reaction. I remember yours was, yeah, uh, yes, please. That's That's why we're coming out there, which is the attitude we love. How do you, though, get ready for a Case Western Reserve team when you're not going to have any kind of tune-up, as it were, since January 2nd? You say you're going to practice and stuff, but do you have a mentality on how you guys will get ready to kind of just go right back in? You're not only just starting back into basketball on the 28th, you're going into the fire. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think at that point, you know, one of the one of the things is you, you rely on, on the veteran spirit of your team right um we've got guys i mean look at the guys of we're we're at an institution where typically we've always tried to take one of these types of trips every four years but given everything that had happened with covid um i wanted to do something a little extra special with this group you know they've they've had such a great run and it's not just the on the court victories but just the way that they have handled everything um you know um and and uh you know, I, in terms of the preparation, um, you know, I want to rely on their veteran uh, leadership and uh, their approach. Um, I think they're going to be really excited to go out there regardless of who we play. So um, I, I really am not worried about enthusiasm or preparation. I, I think our team will play the way that, you know, we're supposed to play. Um, Case Western is a terrific team. Um, I've watched all the film and, you um, 
they have no weaknesses, uh, you know, offensively, especially. Um, they can beat you in so many different ways, and they're a lot bigger than us. So there'll be some contrasting styles about the game that I think will be noteworthy. Um, but we're going to have to play really well to win. They're, they do some things that I think can really bother us. And, um, you know, and obviously, I, you know, I, I don't think they've lost to this point. And, uh, you know, there's a chance that they'll be undefeated as well. So it'll be a be a great game for our level, obviously for our program to play a team out of the UAA that, um, you know, has some high preseason expectations like we do. Um, This is only going to make us better whether we win or lose. And we should point out you got Pomona Pitzer in the other game, so that's going to be another dandy of a – They're unbelievable too. And and NCAA tournaments – Yeah, NCAA tournament-type teams with these, which gives me a chance to ask you about the NCAA tournament last year. You guys knock off Randolph-Macon at their place in a dandy of a game and then just struggle in that next game with a really tough whitewater squad. Is that still stinging a little bit for all of you, or is is it one of those where you're, you're just the emotions of excitement that you even had those opportunities and know you can improve upon it driving the ship um i think yeah i think it i i think look at it, it's it's not like a huge secret like we're not we're, we're not coming out of a power conference uh at our level and um i thought we you know i think our team is this this particular group the last three years i have felt like we're we are we are a team that can compete with anybody in the country and uh you know, we had kind of been knocking at the do- door, as you might say. You know, we had a couple. We had a tough loss at Marietta the year before, where we were ahead eight points, I think, with ten or eleven minutes to go, and um, and didn't finish the deal there. And and they were better than us, but we we played really well, and uh, we had the right chip on our shoulder. I felt like, and um, you know. Y- you play the way that we played against Macon. We played our very best game. They probably weren't expecting probably um, us to play the way we did. Uh, so we might have caught them a little bit. Um, and then to turn around the next day, I, you know, we, Whitewater had something to do with it, but I, I didn't feel like we played um, to our capability. So we had a couple of starters that didn't have their normal game and certainly not blaming those guys. Uh, you know, one of them was playing with a, a pretty significant injury, which, you know, I hate to mention on air, but, um, you know, it did happen. And, um, you know, we lost a one possession game and you just look at whether, no matter who you are, when you're a possession away from going to the final four, um, you just, nothing's guaranteed in sports, right? So you just don't know if or when you, you'll ever get back to that point. So, um, but I was, I'm very cautious with our team to, to have them, have a, a measurable um, thought process about what happens at the end of this year, define what our team is or what we've been for these last three years. Um, I think it's very difficult and it's not really responsible to, to measure your team based on, you know, making the NCAA tournament or an advancement in postseason. Um, it's so hard to just get there at our level, you know? Um, so, and there's a lot of different things that can happen. So, you know, we're trying to really fill our guys' heads with, make sure they enjoy every minute with each other because this has been a special nucleus of guys. Tell me about this nucleus. you got four guys essentially in double figures with uh, Sparks leading the way at 194 
Anderson, 11.2, 10.7 from Crittenden. Bowman's got 9.9. You've got other guys, too, I know. But tell me a little bit about this squad. You've, you've given us some hints, but you know what's it? what, what clicks, who, who are the go-tos, how does it work, et cetera? Well, we, we've got, you know, uh, the classic positionless type team. Um, so, you know, the way a lot of people are playing now. So, um, you know, we've got guys that play bigger than their size. And um, I think our, our quickness is a strength. Um, our ability to kind of beat teams in a few different ways is a strength. Um, you know, we don't shoot it quite as well as we did last year, but uh, there's some other things we do offensively better than we did uh, the previous year. Um, you know, I, I just think we've got um, really talented, our, our better players combine the ability to score with understanding how they're supposed to play when they're double teamed, you know, and our pieces just seem to fit with this group. And and we have so many guys that have given up a lot of their individual accolades so our team can play the way that we've played these last couple of years. And that's probably the best compliment I can give our team is I think last year, Dave, we had eight different guys on our team have a game with over 20 points in a game. Um, maybe it was seven, but that nonetheless, you get where I'm going with this. Um, we've, we've, we've got great balance on our team. Um, and I think we have the ability to win games in different ways. Um, we can win a game in the fifties like we did against John Carroll last year. Um, we play multiple defenses, um, you know, when we can w- win a game that's in the eighties and nineties, you know, so, um, th- those, those give you a good chance when you play good teams, you know, later on in the se- uh, season. You've got seven graduate or senior students. You've got four juniors. What was it? Three sophomores, two freshmen. I read between the lines. It feels like this is the year you got to take advantage of it. You certainly might get some great recruits in and be able to keep it going, but you've been building to this point. Well, I, I think what I've noticed from coaching at the level for as long as I have is we've got a, you know, we've got a guy or two that I think are are all American level players, right? So typically, typically, not all the time, the teams that make deeper runs have at least one of those guys. Um, you know, you saw our guy Jeremiah play last year and I think he had 35, 12, and seven against Whitewater in the Elite Eight, played great the night before against Macon. Our point guard at Key Anderson is a is a difference maker, you know. Um, so we've got, you know, that quote unquote, I think, you know, higher level player that can get their own shot in a pinch, which I think you need when you play really good teams. Um, but those guys are also committed players on the other end of the floor defensively as well. They set a good tone. So um and they can beat you, you know, in, in different ways. You know, they can get to the foul line. They're good foul shooters. They can make the three, and and they certainly can play off the bounce a little bit. So, um, so I think, you know, obviously, I don't think we're going anywhere after this year. Um, we still return some good guys. It'll just take different roles. Uh, but in terms of like the initial preseason we may not just pick up where we left off like we have the last couple of years because we've had so many returning guys. There'll be you know, there'll be a learning experience next year in the beginning of the year. But, uh, you know, like I said, this group has, has been, uh, you know, they've been a pleasure. Quickly pivot to your conference. Um, it's always going to be tough. Though some changes. Obviously, Brockport, uh, Greg Dunn has left. That team's a little bit different. 
You've had some other uh, ebbs and flows. New, New Paltz might be an interesting team to watch. But in the future, Genesee on Brockport announcing they're leaving for the Empire 8. There's some other changes afoot. There's been rumors. I've heard of plenty of schools in that conference that could also splinter and go elsewhere. Maybe that conference brings in some others from elsewhere. It's kind of surprising to see the SUNYAC going through some ebbs and flows right now. It's got to be a little bit surprising from your perspective, too. Yeah. It is. So it is. Um, but you know, those are things that, you know, happen at a, at a higher level and, you know, you're in a position as a coach where you just get told what happens and, you know, we, we, we roll with it. Right. I mean, that's kind of what we do as, as coaches and administrators is, you know, things go on and, you know, these leagues, you know, 30 years ago before when I was still playing, you know, were a lot different as well. You know, I know upstate division three schools that recruited me in high school, they were in much different leagues and there was change, yeah. but, but our league is unique because it's a public school league, right? So it is a little surprising to see public schools leave a public school league and go elsewhere. Um, but you know, that that's happened. And, you know, one thing you, you would probably agree with is, you know, you, you got to always move forward. Right. So, um, things will play out and life goes on as they say so yeah, and um, who knows what ultimately may may change and i was going to start to say hey so if you ever started to look at scheduling already because you'll have a few extra games to schedule but who knows they may fill the hole for all we know um with somebody but still that 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 dynamic could make it more interesting for you guys in terms of how you schedule who you schedule and and whatnot of course, yeah. Like we're we're, all, we're always very adamant and upfront. We want to try to play the very toughest non-conference schedule we can. Um, you know, just philosophically, that's going to make us better. And um, you know, on the years where we do have a team that we feel like we can, that can compete at the national level, you, you clearly got to schedule that way in order to have an opportunity to compete um, in, in, in the NCAA tournament. If that's what your goals are. Well, sir, I appreciate the time you gave us. Certainly an interesting perspective. I can't wait to see you in Vegas. Uh, it's going to be a lot Likewise. of fun. Likewise. It's- I'm glad this finally came to fruition, you know. So we've been – you and I have been talking about this for, for a few years now, and, you know, I'm thankful for our administrators and our, uh, you know, alums and the people that stepped up to make this thing happen. And uh, it's going to be an awesome game. Like, we've got great respect for Case and Pomona. I'm just – you're right. I called you and I said – I we want to play the two very best teams that we can possibly play out there. And you guys make, made that happen. And we've got some other good teams that I saw are going out there, Trinity and, and Clark. Right. Um, yep. So I'm excited to watch some really high level division three basketball and uh, seeing the sun at, at that time of year is not something <laughs> we get a chance to do in upstate New York too often. So uh, I'm assuming the sun will be out in Vegas, right? I mean, usually I, that. I'm usually in an arena. I don't get to see it as much as I'd like to claim I do. But I will point to you where the ski resort is in, in nearby. I will point to the mountains so you can see some snow, so you feel at least a little bit like you're at home. No, that's okay. You don't have to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I might do it anyway. <laughs> I appreciate you, friend. Hey, Jason, appreciate it as always. We give the, goats, the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, just... Uh... You know, really excited about uh, our group this year and excited to be back, you know, at this time of year. Every every day that goes by, we're getting closer to, you know, conference play and all the fun games that go on mid-January and on. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, 
you know, this year's no different. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Vegas is going to be, I know I keep bringing it up, but I'm, we're, we're really excited to be participating in this event. It's it's truly one of the best, you know, Division three national tournaments out there. And uh, this is such a big deal for our program. So we're really excited about it. Well, we're looking forward to having you out there in case. And as you said, Pinamona Pitzer and all these great teams. It's going to be a blast. Looking forward to it ourselves. Looking forward to having you there. And uh, safe travels. I look forward to seeing you there. And enjoy the holidays in the meantime. You too. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Definitely, bud. Take care of yourself. Jason Leon joining us. Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time. Join us. Going to come back. When we do come back, we're going to be grilling Jimmy Smith on his choices you had to make between a couple of quote-unquote celebrities today. He made some interesting choices, and we'll grill him about them. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3 Hoops. Back with more. And Trinity, Texas, when we come back. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school, you primarily a student-athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. us to stop sexual assault in any way that we can to get a friend home safe to never blame the victim it's on us to stand up to make our community safe for all it's on us it's on us to look out for each other at parties it's on us to be more than just a bystander to step up and say something it's on us all of us to to stop stop sexual sexual assault learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org These are your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer. At every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. 
For the love of the game. But for those of us who are Division Three student athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, as we continue on this Thursday show, our first Thursday show of the season, by the way. Thanks to everybody tuning in. If you've got questions for us, the information's on your screen. You can always email us. You can reach out on social media if you need, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I hope I haven't missed any messages. Doing my best to stay on top of things. I, I, I will admit I haven't checked our live stream simulcasts recently. I probably should have done that, and I apologize. Um so far uh oh amber leon was listening to the show should have noticed that sooner oh my bad my favorite fan was listening to the show uh when jason was on it but uh we'll let that one slide for now uh but again if you got ways to contact us let us know we joked earlier so jimmy smith of trinity texas was going to pre-record with us earlier in the day and i'm in the middle of another interview and he calls i can't take the call and i get a text message and i read it and and he says he has a tough choice to make and i realize that he's got a tough choice between two celebrities and and it felt like an unfair choice so we're going to start off as jimmy joins us on the hoopsville hotline here to discuss the fact that you had to choose sir between two and i'm i'm using the celebrity term very loosely here just so i could somehow weasel my way into this choice um it was either pre-record an interview with me or do what did you what was your option sir <laughs> uh, I got a chance to play basketball with Adam Sandler today. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough choice. Um, as I was trying to contact you, I, you know, our office looks down onto the court, you know, I saw Adam down there and I panicked, I felt a lot of pressure. So, uh, I just ran down there and got in the game. <laughs> we're, we're superimposing the picture rather ugly over the two of us right now. So there is the picture of Adam Sandler dead center. Jimmy, I noticed is right behind him. So security must've cleared you. Uh, I also see our our good friend on the women's side of things there. Um, I do see Cameron Hill sitting there uh, in the picture along with some others. But, sir, what, what an opportunity that is. That That's a bit of a coup. It was. It was a lot of fun. Um, been a lot of talk over the last couple of days if he was going to come, come play or not. Um, he's doing a comedy show here in San Antonio and – uh, ended up showing up, and so we, we threw a game together and, and had a lot of fun. Yeah, we're showing a little close-up now to show that it is Adam Sandler there with you in the backdrop. I kid. I immediately told you, please, that's all right. We can find ways to do things on our show at a later date. We can have you live. We don't, we don't need to uh, be battling the Sandman. Uh, I mentioned <laughs> to my wife, though, and she found it rather appropriate that you were playing uh, basketball with him on the first night of Hanukkah. And immediately broke into the Hanukkah song. She has not stopped <laughs> since, which is driving my kids absolutely through the wall. Um, uh, I'm getting a kick out of it. Um, what's it like? I heard he's actually a pretty good basketball player. 
He is. He um, really strong mid range game and uh, much better vision than you would think. Um, okay. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he made some nice passes. Caught me on a couple back doors. Um, so uh, my you know I'm not as mobile as I used to be. <laughs> None so. of us are. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was good. He was he was fun. Um. It's kind of interesting. You guys are all getting some attention here in the basketball world, um, for, and not. And this isn't a knock at either of the teams, but for little things like this, like Adam's now at your gym. We should point out, by the way, he's in town for a concert that you're about to go to. By the way, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, he's he's putting on a show, which is damn, you were lucky first night of Hanukkah. I have a feeling he might be singing. Just I hope I hope so. Gut I feeling, so. yeah. But yeah. I mean, um, you know, we talk in in the Olympics. They added the three. Um, the three-person game, yeah, uh, three three-on-three game, and it's 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 your group that kind of it's interesting helped the women's team out in the Olympics and was talked about a lot. I should point out, uh, crediting their women's team for being as good as they would. They gave a ton of credit to the guys from your group that did that, and then they went off. If I'm if I'm correct, they went off and, and played in the world championships this past offseason, right? Yeah. So we uh had six guys play in the Nations League. Uh, Nations in, League, in right. Rondon, China, yeah, uh, for U twenty one. Um so yeah, just a, a super cool experience and um I got to go as well. So it was it was really special and um you know, just just definitely feel fortunate to, to get these opportunities. I, I, we're, we're lucky. I is it like the lucky. Sandler thing? It just happens to be the right timing, right place, right thing? Or or, or was, there, was there something brewing there already that just kind of evolved into all of this? Well, um, the way it started was the women's final four was in San Antonio the COVID year. And right. they were, you know, three on three doesn't have exhibition games like the five on five does. So they were looking for a group of guys to to train with this team, the, you know, our Olympic team. And with it being in San Antonio, you know, we were just right place, right time. They asked, you know, if we had four guys that could do it. Our guys literally had to quarantine in a hotel for three days and they can in San Antonio, they can only go to practice and back. And those guys just did a great job. You know, obviously all across Division three, we got a lot of special student athletes and they just did a great job there. The coach was Kara Lawson from Duke. They got invited to go to the next training camp at Duke. They got invited to go to the training camp in Vegas right before they left to go to the Olympics. And we've just kind of developed a relationship with USA basketball through that just because our guys did such a good job. So, you know, every summer, some guys have gotten an opportunity to go train with a team before they went somewhere. And this year they asked our guys to represent the USA and in, in the nation's league. So um, really special, but yeah, just kind of, Again, right place, right time is, is how it got started, and the guys just did a great job. You know, that, that's pretty. Am- yeah, that's amazing. I'm curious as we transition to your team, how has that impacted, assisted, whatever the way you guys play as a normal basketball team on the college side of things? Yeah, it, it has impacted more than you would think. Uh, the three x three game is is super fast paced, and um, you know, you just kind of noticed as guys came back you know, the next season and after doing that stuff during the summer, they were just playing faster, you know, making quicker decisions. Um, and so we've, you know, implemented playing three X three more, you know, in practices and um, we've always liked to play fast, but, you know, I feel like we've, we've even amped it up a little bit um, since that stuff has, has started. Yeah. The three man weave is one thing, right? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, I love playing three on three and pickup, but it, it, we're talking a different level here. Um, 
yeah, you got to be faster on defense because you could be on defense after being on offense a split second later or vice versa. You you literally have to have your head on a swivel to some degree. And while you don't have to worry about that necessarily, uh, as you said, it, it kind of must help with them just thinking a step or two further down than they had been doing already. Absolutely. And I mean, the biggest thing, like you mentioned, is there's no time to hang your head or celebrate. So you can get a dunk and then give up a two pointer and it's your dunk is, is the negative, you know, or if you drop your head because you make a mistake, you're giving up, you know, points and in a 21 point game and that plays over 10 minutes, like you just don't have time to waste. So it's been really good for us. It's a, it's a great game. And, you know, I hope that it continues to get more and more attention um, you know, as it becomes more popular within the Olympics, because um, it's fun to watch. I'm an Olympic nut. Uh, I love the Olympics in general, and I absolutely got a kick out of the three-on-three stuff. Uh, fun to watch. Um, let's talk about your team, though. Um, I know you got better places to be again uh, with celebrities, so uh, we want to get keep you from going there. But I uh, started the season uh, down uh, in Georgetown, Texas, playing two West Coast teams in Whitman and Claremont Mud Scripps got wins there. He got a win over Concordia and Harden Simmons and Mary Harden Baylor in, in Southwestern and Texas Lutheran. So far off to a good start. 7-0 and on the season, playing well, it looks like. Started the conference schedule so far pretty well. But from your perspective, how has the team done so far uh, to this point in the campaign? Um, I'm really pleased with where we are. Um, you know, we lost some, some key contributors that have, have been uh, with us the whole time. Um, you know, even guys that you know, Pat did a great job recruiting guys and bringing good players in. And so we had some holdover guys that have just been really influential in everything we've been doing. And so we've, we kind of turned the page and lost those guys, you know, going into this year. And um, so we're a little bit younger. Uh, we have two freshmen that are, you know, really big contributors for us. Um, but I, just looking at our non-conference schedule, I, I felt like it was, it was super tough, you know, as, as hard as we could schedule, you know, based on, teams that have done well and have done well for a long time. Um, so to be sitting here at 7-0 and is um, definitely something that we're very happy about at this point. Well, and also ranked, as uh, your alumni friend Ron um, so eloquently put, pointed out that other than yeah. the COVID year, which I don't remember what specifically he's talking about, but in general, in a normal season, it's the first time in quite some time that the Tigers on the men's side have been in the top 25. That feels like a pretty significant step for this program. That feels like for the last year or two, you guys were knocking on the door. Because I know as a voter, I certainly was considering you or had voted for you at some point. But it, it, it didn't feel like it, it came all the way through f- to the end. And and now it feels like more people have realized what you've got cooking down there in San Antonio. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've uh, we've, we've kind of been right on the outskirts Um you know, on top 25, you know, regional rankings, all those things like right when we kind of get ourselves into a, a good position, we seem to drop a game or something like that. And then it, you know, bounces us out or, or doesn't get us in, which, you know, the level is tough. And so it is the way it is. But uh, yeah, it's special. I mean, it's it's great to for the guys to get the recognition and, um, you know, just there's so many good teams this year. I've just really enjoyed watching as much Division three basketball as I can, because across the board, it just keeps getting better every year. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're more than, more than ecstatic to be in and, um, we're on finals this week. So we're hoping that, you know, we're not going to lose this week. So I'm, I'm hopeful this week we can hang in there, um, you know, before we, we get back into conference play next weekend. Yeah. Good point. You know, no, no, uh, no falling here, uh, just yet. You've got, uh, games coming up against Austin and Dallas coming up on the 15th and 16th. Then you'll play Washington and Lee at your place on the 20th and then Chicago on the 21st. 
before. Huh. That's interesting. I was just talking to my last guest about this. There's this event at South Point Arena in Las Vegas you appear to be at. You'll be playing Clark and Pomona Pitts. Oh, wait, that's right. We'll see you at the D3Hoops.com Classic as well. Looking yes. forward to that. Um, you guys are challenging yourselves this year. Absolutely. I mean, that's that was the goal, is to try to play as many tough opponents as we can. And um, I think we we did a good job of, of getting people from all across the country, you know, um, just to see where we're at because a lot of times you can just get hung up in Texas, as you know, and, you know, everyone's pretty good. And so you're playing the same people and just beat up on each other. And so we really made an effort to try to, you know, invite teams down or, or go places where we could, you know, play people from all across the country. So we're, we're definitely excited about what we have coming up as well. You guys are outscoring your opponents by 15 points a game. You got three guys in double figures. Christian Green leading the way at nearly 18 points a game, 14 and a half for Tanner Brown, Jacob Harvey, at nearly 14 points a game, Dean uh, Ballo at 8.3. Tell me a little bit, though, that that stat sheet doesn't tell us. Tell us how this team clicks, what works, what is the the sauce, I guess, that is that's that's making this kind of come together. Yeah, um, it's our depth, our depth and our ball movement. Um, I mean, you kind of see beyond those guys, a lot of guys that are, are playing and you know contributing differently game in, game out, um, and so – that, that's been really fun to watch. We've got a lot of versatility. We're a little bit bigger, a little bit more athletic this year. And the guys have just done a great job sharing the ball. And then defensively, um, we've been we've been better, I think, than we have in years past as far as, you know, holding people under 40%, forcing a little bit more turnovers. Um, so, so far, so good. But I, I think the depth of our team and then just the buy-in of them, understanding that that's our strength. And not, you know, hanging their heads. If one game I play 20 and the next game I play eight, it's like, hey, I get it. This fits this game. And that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to find guys that will buy into that. So this this group has done a great job of that. No, I think that's a great point. It, it, there's a lot of people. I was talking to um, somebody recently. I've talked to coaches about this as well. There, there, you can just earlier in the show, we were talking about you can have a student athlete who's there for a while and an underclassman comes along and is better and takes their place or takes their minutes and they don't get it. And either they quit or they sulk or they drag the team down, whatever. It, you've got to have some headsy guys who are mature to understand that dynamics change not only season to season, but practice to practice. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that speaks volumes because, you know, four of the guys you mentioned, two of them are freshmen for us. Uh, two of our top four scorers and so we've got seniors that are coming off the bench and making huge contributions and um, you know we have fallen short you know we're not we're not hiding from that we've gotten into the conference championship game three years in a row we've lost three years in a row and so you know those guys want to get over the hump and uh, you know they're they're doing whatever they need to to again give us the best chance to get back to that game and and hopefully win it this year. I was going to say that was my next question is and, and to that point of you know nearly into the top 25 in the past and such you talk about regional rankings this is a team that this is great you're playing all these tough teams like WNL and Chicago and we're going to see you against Clark and Pomona Pitzer and you've played some tough teams early on uh, in Claremont Mud Scripps etc you've got this conference slate that's the priority ultimately is this schedule going to help you get what you need accomplished or at some point do you just have to forget about what you've done at this portion of the schedule and only focus on what you need to do in the second portion of the schedule? Yeah, I, I think it's going to help us a lot um, because we've played, you know, Claremont 
is a very different team than, you know, Concordia and Harden Simmons and Mary Harden Baylor. And so is Whitman and, you know, Chicago, I know is bigger and WNL's got, you know, some size and some guys that can really do some things. And I haven't gotten enough into looking at Clark and Pomona yet, but I know they're both really good and doing well. And so, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of different styles and, you know, we've already been exposed, you know, some of the teams we've played have exposed some weaknesses that we've been able to correct. And so I think playing as tough a schedule as we have is going to have us the best we can be from a preparation standpoint, because we're playing great coaches and great teams and they're going to find the holes in what we're doing. And so it gives us a chance to adjust. Whereas if you play maybe a softer schedule, you're not going to see that, you know, going into league play. Is there a pressure or are you guys feel feeding off of the women's side? What Cam has been able to do there again with the scheduling as well and trying to accomplish getting into the NCAA tournament and getting further in the NCAA tournament. Is that put on pressure or are you guys feeding off of it and learning from it and now trying to mold it into your team? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful relationship with, with Cam and our women's program and, um, you know, they don't lose many games. Right. So obviously there's a, you know, a little inner competition where we want to both be really good. Um, but uh, no, no pressure. Just our, our athletic department right now is, I mean, we're winning in so many things that I remember two years ago, you know, we got in the NCAA tournament and we beat Whitworth and, you know, we lose to a really good Mary Harden Baylor team in the second round and come home thinking people are gonna be like, Hey, great job. And it was just kind of like, ah, you only got to the second round of the NCAA tournament, you know? So um, you know, it speaks to the level of our, of our teams and how well they're doing, but, uh, yeah, you don't want to be the black sheep at Trinity right now. So we're, yeah, we're wow. definitely trying to keep up, you know? Yeah. Uh, soccer does well. Baseball does well. Yeah. It's, Volleyball. it's pretty synonymous there. Yeah, for sure. Hey, quick question on your part. Cause you know, not so long ago you were at Shriner, then you were at Texas Lutheran for a cup of coffee. Then you were at Millsaps. Now you're at Trinity. I know for when the Mary Harden Baylor job opened up, your alma mater, we should point out, we'll talk about that in a moment. You wanted you to, you put your hat in the ring there too, but it feels yeah. like you've settled in a little bit here in San Antonio. What is it about Trinity and this job, obviously following um, the big shoes of Pat uh, Cummings? What is it about this gig though, that, that has seemed to suit you? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the earlier career, you know, you're just trying to kind of figure out what you want to do. And I wasn't sure if division three or division one or what that looked like. And, um, definitely figured out division three is where I want to be, you know, and, um, going to Millsaps, my wife is actually from Mississippi. So we were, we were happy there. Um, and then Trinity open was like, Hey, let's, let's just see what happens. And was fortunate enough to, to get the job. And, um, I actually got offered the Trinity job a little before my interview at Mary Harden Baylor. So who knows what would have happened there, but have always thought really fondly of Trinity through the years, playing them as a player, as a coach. And, you know, coach Cunningham has been a huge, like kind of mentor type person to me through the years has been really helpful. And um, so when I got offered the job, it was like, I can't say no, you know, and then now being here with our location, like you're saying, we get to play basketball with Adam Sandler and get to be USA basketball stuff, but, but just kidding. But just like being in San Antonio, it's a, it's a great city. The school has great resources, offers a great education and our family, you know, I have three kids. Um, what are we? Sixth grade, fifth grade, third grade now. And, you know, just, we just settled in and, and found a place where we're supported and, and feel like we have an opportunity to be successful every year. And, you know, I think that's all you can ask for, get to coach really good kids year after year. And, you know, have a lot of fun. Greg Popovich is also right down the street. I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, door's always open, right? 
absolutely. <laughs> Your door's always open. I meant his. Right. He hasn't come in mine yet, but you know, it's still, it's open. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, quickly, you did play Mary Arn Baylor earlier and Ryan Scott, Eagle Eye. I don't have a picture that he grabbed, but uh, Eagle Eye, Ryan Scott noticed that Cliff Carroll uh, might have been poking the bear a little bit. He's wearing your jersey from your days at Mary Harden Baylor. Um, Cliff's always a jokester. I hope that was a joke. It was. It was. He caught me like right before the game and was like, hey, I, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I said, let's go for it. You know, so That's um, awesome. Again, it was it was definitely in good humor. And, um, you know, I'm glad we didn't lose to a guy wearing my jersey. Yeah, I was going to say, at least you got the win, right? <laughs> right. That made it a little bit easier. But uh, no, it was it was a lot of fun. Hey, I, I am listen quickly moving ahead. You guys penultimate year in the SCAC. Uh, you'll be moving to the SAA and what many people have found is a surprising move. We don't need to go into the into the politics and, and the minutia on that. But from your guys' perspective, that's going to really change things. One, you're going to have more Texas teams around you. You can play not in conference. But yeah. second, you're going to have a lot of travel now, kind of back to the old SCAC ways of doing it. Uh, I know it's way down the road, but are you guys excited about that? Is there still kind of early on to understand really the dynamics that you're going to be kind of dealing with in 2025? Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited about it. You know, I'm a little ahead of the curve than a lot of the other coaches because being at Millsaps, I, you know, a lot of the same coaches are in the SAA and so have some really good, good guys and good coaches in that league. And um, I think it'll be fun. You know, we're, we're going to be able to fly, see different parts of the country and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of good teams in that league as well. And then, like you said, I think we'll get a great mix of playing, you know, these really good Texas teams also. So, um, I think from my standpoint, I'm excited about it just because it's something, something different. And I know, you know, how good of a league I think the SA can be. Um, but uh, it's something to be different. I mean, the travel is going to be way different. Um, we're going to see a lot of officials. We don't know <laughs> things like that, you know? And so there's some real things there that we're going to have to adjust to, but, uh, all in all, I think it's a good move for the school. I understand our president's vision and why she wants to do it. And, um, you know, I, I think from a recruiting standpoint, it might open us up to some different parts of the country as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, optimistic. We'll, we'll just leave it there for now. At, awesome. at what it could be. Yeah, obviously. It's way down the road here. Uh, to You've got this season plus next season still in the SCAC uh, to get that SCAC title taken care of and and play those schedules out before we even consider the SAA. So I appreciate the time. I know you, uh, I've got a good show to go off to, so we'll let you go as always. Oh, we give the coach the final word, any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, again, I just appreciate you guys. I'm really looking forward to going out to Vegas and, uh, it's been a trip I've wanted to make it, you know, the 91 schools I've been at. So finally I get to uh, get to make it out there. But, um, you know, what a great schedule we have up there. I appreciate you guys doing that. And um, I think the last coach came on and said he's excited to watch a lot of the other teams that are going to be out there as well. Uh, and so am I. Just looking forward to being able to kind of veg out and watch a bunch of good Division three basketball live. So uh appreciate you guys and you know all the other guys it's it's kind of cool to see you know all the buzz that division three is getting from the you know bob quillman the the data cast guys the ryans you know all across the board um just seems like more and more people are catching on to how special this level is and uh thanks to all you guys for continuing to promote us yeah well said well said indeed it's great that it does seem like it's catching on a little bit and looking forward to seeing you out there as well uh can't wait to see your team in person as well and most importantly, looking forward to catching up with you. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the, the show tonight. Take uh, care. Enjoy your holidays. And we'll look forward to seeing you out in Vegas.
You too. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely. Thank you. Jimmy Smith joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time to do that today. Uh, listen, we're, we'll take second fiddle to Adam Sandler any day of the week. Um, we'll take another break. When we come back, wrap up this show and talk about what's coming up. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com. Final f- segment of Hoopsville coming up. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. As we wrap this show up, our first Thursday edition of the season, a little later than we normally do our first Thursday, but we got it on the air nonetheless on this 7th of December. We'll be back on the air on Monday, which is what? The uh, 11th of December, if memory serves quickly. And of course, we'll be back on next 14th as well, next Thursday. And the following um, Monday, the 21st is the only one that's up in the air. We're planning to do a show, but if we get to that point, we don't have the content or there's not going to be enough guests or whatever the case may be, we may take a pause then for the holidays, but we'll cross that bridge later. Monday's show, we will be talking about women's basketball. We will dip our toes into the first month of the season from our pundits. Uh, We've reached out to Gordon Mann and Riley Zayas and uh, Scott Peterson. We'll see if... What combination of the three, if not all three, will join us on Monday's show to talk about women's basketball? We'll also get a couple more coaches on the show. And then we'll start diving into some of the specialty topics I want to dive into 
here this season before we wrap things up for the holidays. Again, kind of previewed the D3Hoops.com t- uh, Vegas event, uh, the D3Hoops.com Classic at South Point Arena with our friends at South, uh, our friends uh, with uh, Sport Tours International. Actually, just talked to Brett Seymour today about some of those things. Um, if you're interested in coming to that event, we are certainly pivoting that event a little bit more to uh, a little bit uh, of a more challenging event. But if you feel that your team is one that wants to be challenged and to come out to that event and participate it between Christmas and New Year's, <clears throat> let me know. You're welcome to contact myself. I will get you in touch with Sport Tours unless you know how to get a hold of them already. Uh, and we will make that arrangement. I'm already talking to a team that was interested in next year, though it may have to be pushed for another year. Uh, we've already talked to a handful of other teams as well. There is interested parties, and we want to make it exciting and fun. Um, it is a great event for the student-athletes. Uh, teams have gone out there and gone to top golf and just hit and enjoy time with alums and family and friends of the program. There are many who have gotten a show in. There are some who just go up to the Vegas Strip to take the, the, the Strip in. It's an, it's an amazing place to visit outside of what everyone talks about in terms of gambling. There is a reason that Las Vegas is as so popular as it is now, despite its somewhat small size. Um, and the South Point Arena is a few miles away from the Strip. It is a tremendous place, so you stay and play your games all in one location. You're not that far, by the way, from, the, from Hoover Dam. Um, Pat and I have run into teams when we've gone out to see Hoover Dam. Um, we have heard of teams who've gone out to the Grand Canyon, I think, even, have made a bigger trip out of it, and you know, done some other things out there. Plenty to do. So if you're interested in, in not only going getting yourself challenged at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Vegas, um, but also want to make a great trip out of it for your team, let me know. Reach out to me. I'll get you in touch with those who need to get in touch with. And, yes, we are still looking for entries for next year. Uh, I can say that rather openly because usually we don't have this buttoned up um, until just after the season concludes. Sometimes it's buttoned up a little sooner than that. But if that doesn't work out, 2025 is still an option as well. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at scores yet from around uh, D3 tonight, but we'll do so right now. We'll refresh the screen, as it were, and double-check if any scores have come in. Some of these have to get updated by ourselves, so forgive me. Uh, uh, Oshkosh is taking on Whitworth coming up here about 45 minutes from now on when we're on the air. Um, So that game will be something to keep an eye on. A couple games in overtime tonight. Riviera and Farmingdale, uh, Framingham State, sorry, Framingham State and Riviera are in overtime. Fisher and Curry are in overtime. Of course, Fisher not in Division III. Um, So that game. Cal Lutheran is taking on Claremont Mud Scripps. That's a game certainly worth tuning in. That one's about to get underway. Uh, Other games have finished. Let's see if we got any that are of uh, note here. Hamilton beat Utica in a battle of the Utica region. And that was at Utica. So Hamilton gets a win 60-53. to 53. I, I've had high hopes on Utica this season. Uh, that is their second loss of the year. They lost earlier to Morrisville State. They've got Cortland coming up in 11 days' time. Hamilton, the win, uh, it, they are now 3-5 and five on the season. They're not having the season I was expecting. Um, they lost to Ithaca to start the year. They lost to Drew, Cortland, and Carnegie Mellon. Um, and Rochester, in fact, four in a row, all those games at Middlebury um, before getting the win today. This this Utica game is a stop to a four-game slide for Hamilton. So that's an interesting result. Um, I'm voting for Utica, and I guess that will have to be reconsidered. Um, 
see if there's other games. Penn State Harrisburg got past Newman, 75-66. That's a Harrisburg squad I know Ryan Scott has spoken about. Colby got past Bowden in men's basketball, 72-62. That's a non-conference game, I believe, for those two. I don't believe, yeah, I'm pretty confident that's, oh, that's, I think that's part of the, the main three, of course, playing that game. Um, Gordon got past Elms. Amherst defeated New York and New York, but it was only a five-point win, 72-67. I think Amherst is one to keep an eye on just in terms of what is going on, if they're going to figure things out in time for conference play. Brandeis got past LaSalle. There's some other games that are underway now, including out there in Texas. Concordia, Texas has taken on East Texas Baptist. Hardin-Simmons is hosting Howard Payne. Mary Harden-Baylor is hosting Laverno. A lot of good games there that we'll keep an eye on. On the women's side, quickly, uh, Trinity lost tonight. Roger Williams defeated Trinity. There's an upset. 62-56 for Trinity. I believe that's their second loss. No, third loss of the season. They lost to Smith and Rhode Island College. Now they've lost to Roger Williams. So the Bantams women's team off to a 6-3 and three start for Roger Williams. They are 6-2 and two on the year. They had lost to Tufts and Mass Dartmouth earlier in the campaign. So that's a big win uh, for Roger Williams. Harden-Simmons easily got past Howard Payne. Tufts snuck past Emmanuel 73-66. That's an Emmanuel team that is always tough to play. Andy Yashinov always has a tough team, though. They are 3-6 and six this year. They are struggling a little bit. Um, we have seen them in Vegas, but they'll be in Puerto Rico this year. Um, but that's a big win for Tufts women there. Um, Brandeis snuck past Bridgewater State. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor easily handled Letourneau. Looking to see if there's any other games that just kind of jump out at me on the women's side. Um, Washington College and Bryn Mawr played a conference game, and Washington won easily. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, St. Mary's of Maryland played Notre Dame of Maryland. Remember, Notre Dame's having its first season, and they lost 67-65. St. Mary's is 6-3 and three on the season. I'll see Notre Dame coming up in a couple of weeks. They're 5-4 and four this season. Um, I think I see them in a couple of weeks. According to this schedule, I don't. I need to double-check that. I'm quite sure I do see them in a couple of weeks, but I'll double-check that later. And uh, that's about it. Oh, that's the women's side. I'm sorry, that's the women's side. St. Mary's women lost to Notre Dame's women. I apologize. I got the men there confused for a moment. Here's an interesting update on that uh, Framingham State game we were talking about. He says, Tom Glenn, this is from Ryan Scott. He says, Tom Glenn decides not to foul while leading by three at the end of regulation. Framingham hit the, th- hit the three to take Riviera to overtime. Given a second chance, they foul up three with four seconds to play and get the win. Interesting. Could have gotten the win in the first place, most likely. Um, well, that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap this show up. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, appreciate our guests who came on the show great segments tonight um really appreciate everybody who who was able to join us this evening i uh, want to thank matt donahue at catholic Lori kelly at Gustavus, jason leon as suigo and jimmy smith at trinity texas also want to thank all the sports information directors who and staffs who who helped us out tremendously put this show together with giving us resources or at least helping coordinate with their coaches uh, great conversations with those coaches look forward to being back on the air monday as we do this 
all over again. There will be a new top 25 on Monday as well. And obviously, the results we mentioned in the last two nights, uh, some of those changes will certainly, or some of those uh, top 25s will certainly change. Um, and we'll look forward to talking to the guys next week on Monday about the women's. I'm curious who they're voting for number one, considering NYU surpassed um, Transylvania for that honor in the first poll of the season. I'll be curious if uh, what the guys feel about it uh, and who they're voting for in that top 25. And with that, we're going to wrap things up. Appreciate you all tuning in to the show tonight. Uh, reminder, you can always email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. You can get a hold of us on social media. We're on X slash Twitter, on Instagram and threads by just looking up at D3Hoopsville. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville and on YouTube at youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Uh, we're, may, we're also on Mastodon, but we haven't really done anything with it, so just ignore that. And we may jump into some other worlds too, but for now, that's where you can find us. And until Monday's show, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy some games. Get out there and watch some if you can. Uh, and, of course, always go to d3hoops.com for the latest scores and schedules and find out where you can watch games. We try and provide as many links as we possibly can or the sports information directors have supplied for us. And with that, it's a wrap. You guys take care. Remember, if you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville. Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you soon.